Think. Question. Engage. Ready. Aim. For. The Stoic Archer Podcast. Uh, we are live. We are live and in living New color. New HQ. John Byrne has podcast. kindly invited no. us into his home. You're absolutely welcome here. Absolutely, you, you see fit. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, very, lovely little spot here. Very happy to welcome you. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. Um, so we have a few things to talk about. A good few things. You, so you know? you, who is UC Fit? Or what is UC Fit? And then who is John Byrne? So I think we'll start with UC Fit first and get Where that start, covered. Yeah. Where so, do we start? Huh? What UC is fit. what is UC Fit? UC Fit. How do I put it? UC Fit. We're a fight fit gym. Fight fit without getting hit. That's what we are. We're a fight fit gym. Say that gym. again. Fight. fight fit without getting hit. I like it. Okay. So we're a fight fit gym. That's my background. As you know, I've been doing mixed martial arts and self-defense for 15 years now. And I, obviously, I love the training. I always wanted to show people how fun a workout it can be without getting punched or punched in the face or kicked in the leg yeah. or anything like that. So um, I had this idea for a long time. I'm sure we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just one thing led to another. End up creating uh, UC Fit. It used to be called, we used to call it uh, Uppercut. Remember Uppercut? Then it was Uppercut Fitness. And then mm-hmm. it was, that was just too too, too long. To yeah, too much to say. Too many letters. And then pandemic came around. I'm sure I'll get into it. But pandemic came around, did the whole rebrand. And I was like, right, we'll just, you know, we'll shorten it down. We'll call yeah. it UC Fit. So that we are. We're a five fit studio. We come up here, you'll learn to punch, kick, elbow, everything in between, lots of self-defense uh, mm-hmm. aspects to it. Also do our weight training. Um, there's a good group of guys up here. It's, um, yeah, it's it's great. It's, yeah. it's you know, I've, where do I start? I've so, much, I right, so many things to say about you, Sifu. Am I right in saying, uh, I've, I've said it before about my particular brand, um, that it's sort of, it should feel like a, like a family or a group of friends or a community. Yeah. That's a big judging by your Instagram and yeah. what your clients kind of seem to get from it a lot of it is uh, social to socialness and to the, the, the togetherness of it and that's that's been a one of the main focal points for me mm. opening up UC Fit and I remember we had many conversations years ago about that when we worked together as well Yeah, that like community is everything and I knew coming out of the pandemic we're still in the very early stages of the pandemic um, when things start opening up again and Mm. I decided to run with the idea of UC Fit and finally opened my first gym. First gym. Um, <laughs> when I finally decided to run with that, I was like, I wanted there to be a big emphasis on, as I said, you know, the social aspect, community, and togetherness, you know, because for so long people were, no one knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah. You know, everybody was isolated, couldn't see your family, couldn't see your friends. So, big thing for me coming out of that was creating that that safe space for people, that, that place where people can come, mm. enjoy themselves, get fit, have a bit of fun, make new friends. Um, a safe space where you don't get punched in the face. You yeah. know? So, uh, <laughs> Two taglines. There you go. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to trademark that now, actually. Yeah, Coming <laughs> out with some nice t-shirts. You know, that's a t-shirt right there. You know yourself, I mean, but um, community and the whole social—that's that, that's a massive part. You can see from from the wall behind you there. We, you know, we try and we try and do something every month, whether it be go for a, whether it be going for a swim in the sea, 
um, go out for a drink or go for a coffee or just go yeah. for a walk. I mean, really, really good crew of people up here and uh, yeah, very yeah, grateful no, for each really and every important. one of them. Especially, it's so important. I'm still out of breath from that workout. Yeah, we came in and John was blasting was out cleans when we came into the room here. Gone I said, what's going was? on here? <laughs> Brilliant. It was getting crazy, it was. Yeah, it was getting crazy. Now I have to get, I have to get my pump on, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm still trying to catch yeah, my breath. Yeah, after the rough. pandemic... I'm sure people were just craving that. Like, I need, I need to be with people again, you know? Yeah. Um, and touching on the pandemic, we spoke to Emily Usher. You know Emily. You worked with Emily yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emily's been up here a few times. Yep. She, uh, Strong. We were speaking to her on the podcast and next asking her how it was opening a business, like, during, more or less during a pandemic. And you did the same. Yeah. You kind of, you were facing yeah. the gym you were in and that I was in was... Yeah. Uh, Double strength and conditioning, and that was kind of we didn't know what was going on there. Yeah, and you were kind of in look limbo. Out, look, nobody knew what was going yeah, on. Yeah, nobody, and yeah, absolutely, it was a confusing time for everyone. Mm. So you were in limbo, um, but you made the call to to go out on your own, and mm-hmm. it obviously paid off. But talk to me about that kind of journey yeah. in those few months. Jesus, yeah, it was crazy. You know, I must say, twenty twenty for for a lot of people, like it's the most difficult year of of their lives and stuff like that and you know nobody knew what was going on or what was going to happen or it was just very when you think back i mean it's just a crazy crazy strange time mm. and i had no fucking clue what i was doing you know at the start <laughs> i honestly did not see it coming like i just one day everything's closed i was like oh shit right <laughs> what do i do now because i don't really watch the news or anything like that i try and steer clear of all that yeah. you know um you know, it's not, it's not good for the head mostly, so we're trying to stay clear of that. But then all of a sudden, we're in total lockdown, and I was just like, right then. And I was just starting to make traction with Uppercut Fitness at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting my name out there and stuff, and then all that happened. Everything just, as I said, everything just shut down. So, But in times like that, it's, it's sink or swim, do you know? Yeah. And I was like, right, I'm just going to fucking ride this, and I'm going to swim. Do you know what I mean? Nothing's mm-hmm. going to stop me. I actually was looking through my diary the other day, back in 2020, and I was writing things down in my diary and stuff like that. And uh, I was, just, you know, just sketching a few things down. I seen something, I came across something that I had written down, and it was like, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing's going to stop you. You're bulletproof. You can get through this. And, you know, I, I was feeling like, you know, I needed to, I just came across that a few weeks ago, and I needed to see that because. I was having a bit of a bit of a down day, feeling sorry for myself. You know, I seen that. I was like, "Get the fuck up, come on, let's well, go." So, uh, yeah, the pandemic. I just worked off of instinct, and I did what I thought was right. So I was starting to build my own client client base. Now, at the time, honestly, I, I didn't know what I, I was. I was thinking of going back to like I have a background in financial services. Like you know, um, mm. I was thinking of going back there, and the thoughts of going back there. I was like, "No, nah, no, nah, I can't. I can't not." I cannot do it. I can't. I was good at it, like, you know, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. And then I started, um, why, 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 what would stop you? Just, just knowing, knowing what it felt like to not have to go into that job every day. It was, was worth the struggle. That will, that will, uh, we'll, we'll get into that a bit more. Like there's a whole story behind that as well, but I just couldn't go back, especially the experience I had in my last job in financial services. Um, this, that company's now gone. Like it's um, it's no longer in Ireland. So mm. I think it's gone completely. But 
I mean, I remember I used to uh, just this is what happens. We go off on our on our yeah, tangents. Let's, go, man. let's do it. Let's just <laughs> work. we're going to be here talking about aliens now in about twenty minutes. I'd say <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> but uh, no, man, I just remember like my my last job in in the uh, financial sector. I mean, I was coming in, so it's a nine to five job. I was I was coming in at nine oh three, and then you get your lunch at one. I was taking my lunch at twelve fifty eight. You'd have to be back by whatever. Uh, I'd come back three minutes late and I'd leave two minutes early. I mean, Just anything I could do, anything to, yeah, I could yeah. do to shave off the time of that day. I swear to God, I swear to God, it was, I remember going into my neighbour and crying to my neighbour. I was like, I am miserable. Mm. I am miserable. And this this place is actually paying me very well from mm. my experience at the time. You know, I left um, I left a good job that wasn't paying quite well. I was very well respected there. They always um did always turn to me, you know, um just needed a hand with things or whatever and then I was a uh, had my own team in this other place. And I was treated very well, but when it came down to it and they wanted to uh it came down to the money side of things, I was like, Here look, what's this I need a permanent contract here, I need a bit of a mm-hmm. a raise in money here, I mean and uh yeah, I just felt like a a carrot was being dangled in front of me and um anyway, went to this other place and because they offered me more money but it just shows I mean that money and money helps but it doesn't buy it's not the happiness yeah, because yeah. when I was miserable and I'll, I'll get into the fitness journey now in a sec but going back to the the pandemic um, yeah at the start man honestly I had no fucking clue what I was doing I swear <laughs> to God I had no clue I was renting a space in the gym I was providing my services for free Um. And then when the pandemic hit, I just did what I thought was um, was the right thing to do because no one knew what was going on. I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to jump on Instagram here. And I never really got behind the camera or in front of the camera. Um, I said, I'm just going to fucking jump on the camera and just start working around and mm. jumping around <laughs> the living room like a mad thing like everyone else yeah. was. No, but... Um, so your service during the, the pandemic was a lot of online... Yeah, classes. So yeah. you you kept a lot of your clients going. Yeah, and I actually I, I got quite a number of new clients as well through that because okay. I mean I was just blasting them out and it was me. I'm a one. I'm well, a that's one the difference, band, isn't it? Like know? a lot of people would have said, "Oh yeah. Jesus, poor me. What am I going to do? I have no. no job. My job's not there." Where, you know, as you said, you sink yeah. or swim. You take advantage of it and you say, "What can I do then?" And yeah. There you go, you, you, you built a business from it. Yeah, and took a, sh- took a shot in the dark. And I mean, like, I was coming in at 9 a.m. I was doing, like, you know, I'd say Monday morning sweat session. But then I'd come back that Monday evening and then do a strong session. And I'd record them all, obviously, on the Instagram lives. Instagram lives was my thing at the start because I didn't. I'm a bit brutal at technology now myself. Um, so it's just, yeah, I was just pressing the button, the red button. I was like, yeah, right, let's see what happens. I think some workouts were going 90 minutes and I was being cut off and the music was being copyrighted. And, Oh, you're doing mad things and like yeah. you know you're trying these things and people are just like just get on with the workout because I'd be like talking shit during the workout and all this. <laughs> just get on with it you know but uh, it was fun it was a, it, it was it was it was just a weird time and it was fun I had, I had me, my friend my mate do it in the background with me and we had a bit of crack with it but um, that was about eight weeks I was doing that I wasn't getting paid I just did what I thought was right I just wanted to help the people you know no one knew what was going on I said right I'm just going to jump on try and build this community online because I think we couldn't even go outside to I think it was no, a kilometre at the time or something like that you know I can look at you can I 
Oh, of course yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, I was like, 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 should I look at Steve? Should I look at you as well? Should I acknowledge you as just well? Just a normal chat. Yeah, okay, here, bro. You're yeah, here. Like, you're here. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, I was just like, right, uh, I just, obviously, I'm a coach. I wanted to help the best way. I'm there to serve my clients and stuff like that. And um, I was coaching for about, for free for about two months. Then I just say, I said, look, if anybody wants to make any donations or anything like that, that's always welcome. So people start making donations then. And then when we were... I hate to use the word allowed back out so when we were there when <laughs> things started to slowly open and stuff like that and you know life started to resume somewhat and you could have four people outside you could have four people oh, outside or whatever it was like days, yeah. one week later it was six people and then anyway without getting into that yeah. um, I start kind of moving away and kind of kind of going towards a, a going, going out on my own more so now by this point when we were able to go outside and train outside I had no gym at this point so um okay so you're, i was actually doing the more less yeah i, I had, I had no gym i yeah. had i had um a friend of mine he offered um he deals with property and stuff like that and he offered he goes look you can just he had an empty vacant space and he goes look you can do some uh some of your online stuff up here while you get your mm. stuff going because i had no fucking clue what to do i had no clue what to do i was just doing the uh the, out, the outdoor workouts then and that really started big um Build traction then people were coming we had up by the the scouts then in lucan mm. you know it was great nice little hidden spot there mm. we had a great laugh you know and everybody new faces every week and then um but by still still by this point i'm homeless i've nowhere to go at one point during this year as well i was actually thinking of going back to i was thinking of going back teaching i was gonna be a secondary school teacher right you know because i have my business degree and all that and go back and do a whatever it is a h-dip or something I don't know what it's fucking called. Anyway, go back and do a couple of years and uh, be a PE teacher. Mm. And uh, yeah, be a PE, be a PE teacher and, and uh, teach business studies alongside that because that's what my degree is in. Yeah. So, uh, but I felt like that just wasn't that wasn't what I wanted. I might have been influenced by people at the time. They're like, "Oh no, you should do that. You know, you should do that." And you're you're convincing yourself, "Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be good. I'll do that. It's safe." Yeah. it's safe you know what I mean That's a lot it. of people it's like a safe though, option it? you know what I mean it's a tra- yeah yeah it's a, and like I know you like and I was like almost convincing myself and then so I was toying around with a few things and then um, so I'm absolutely still panting after that workout <laughs> so I remember you know my friend Lee yeah Jay's you see me in some door straits in the pandemic and uh he, I was sitting in his van outside. He was just again. I just burst into tears. I was like, "What? The f- what am I doing? What am I doing here?" Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm getting all these people. This is great, but where do we go? Yeah. And the lads were saying to me for years. My mates were saying to me. One of my best, one of my best friends, Brian. He was always saying to me for years. He was like, "Just go get your own spot. You know, look for your own spot." But I just didn't have that. Just taking that that step, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. I mean. Looking for your own facility, it's a daunting thing. I mean, um, I was just like, no, I can't, I can't. I didn't believe in myself or didn't believe that I could or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's just, there's a lot of, there's a few belief things there with myself. So it's like where I don't, we'll talk about that when it comes to fighting as well, about believing in yourself and your, your yeah. capabilities or whatever. But the proof, the proof is in the pudding. Like when I'm when I'm fighting or when I'm coaching, do you know what I mean? It's it's all there. So I just need to I just need to believe in myself more. But anyway, 
I was outside and I was I was in the van with him and I was crying and I was just like I don't know what to do. I was like, and then I got a call off some naughty lad, and uh, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but he's like, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you're looking for a space, yeah. And I was like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, I know somebody's saying you're looking for a space, and you're just really like, like really, really, yeah, yeah. And I might have one for you. It's up in Luke and uh, uh, lots of car parking, you know, um, big green out there. That's lovely. You like it? You like come up tomorrow? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> All right, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Just put down the phone. I was like, to my friend Lee, I was like, "Why have a space?" Went up to see it the next. This, 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 this was as you're having this, this conversation. Is, I swear you're breaking God. down, like I swear to God, he'll tell you. I was just like having a good old whinge. I was, and then my phone's ringing, <laughs> private number, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> I want to see a private number." I'm like, "Oh shit, you're all money." So came up the next day. And um, here we are. Here we are sitting here. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it was perfect because I, I just do small group training. I never I never train big groups or anything like that. Um, I like the small element of it. Um, you know, the whole personal side of things and being able to chat with people, make sure everybody's doing everything properly and stuff yeah. like that. Just it's a nicer it's a nicer environment to communicate with people and they just have a better overall experience and stuff like that. So I seen this space and I was like this is perfect and the place was in bits do you know what I mean it like like I think there was like you see like people are smoking in here you see that all the stuff on the ceiling and uh, you know it was completely different colour it was red and white and it was just there was just stuff everywhere shit everywhere and I came in and I was like right it's on let's do this all in baby let's go and I just envisioned it exactly how I wanted it from from the start, I was like, this is how I wanted to look. I'd go home and I'd be there and I'd be like sketching things and I'd be like, like the wall behind you. I was like, yeah, these are the words I want on the wall and this is how I want the wall to look. I need to have a bench over there because I have a bit of like, uh, everything has to be clean, right? Nothing can be out of place. <laughs> everything has to be clean, immaculate. And um, I was like to me, my friend, my friend Lee and Sean, the guys who were with me in the van that night when I broke down, um, two of my best pals, they pretty much built the gym with me. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd be lost without them too. And a, a few others as well who really helped me set up the gym at the time. Um, you know, they know who they are. So they they, they were really here for me. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't do a whole lot with the, with the gym. <laughs> I just came in with a fucking clipboard and a pen in the air like this. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, look, that needs to be done there. Right, right, I'm, I'm going off to Woody's now. I'll be back in a few. And they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm the project manager. I have to make sure this is finished on time. I'd go off down to coffee works, get a coffee and <laughs> chill out. But uh, no, I had, I had a lot of help. And they know who they are. And they did, you know, I'm very, I'll always be very thankful for that. But I, I envisioned it from, uh, I knew exactly how I wanted to look, the color scheme, everything, and, you know, even little things like like the bench, right? You Like, all the, the bench that everybody sits on, all the weights are there, all the kettlebells, the dumbbells, the med balls, all the equipment's there. And it's clean, you know? It's just, but that, and that's little things like how I want it. And I'll be saying to the lads, it's like, right, I want that bench. I'll be showing them the, ske- the sketches, the sketches of the wall and how I want the banner to look and how I want the bags placed and all that. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, just everything. And they're like, no, can't do that bench. And I was like, we're fucking doing that bench. No, we can't. The bench can't be done. No. I said, we are doing the bench. Had a big argument with that. We had some arguments up here as well, getting the. But you know, that's it. You know, you have arguments like that with your uh, your best yeah, pals. Yeah. We were only here five minutes when we got the keys to the gym. <laughs> we're trying to put up that wall. 
and Lee drills a hole through the radiator and I mean it's just <laughs> pissing black water oh, everywhere no. it was just fucking but um, honestly I couldn't it's like it's two years now that we're here and mm. there's, there's loads I need to to, uh, to to chat about I mean this place is just it's just been deadly honestly it's been what a journey it's been it's my life it mm. is my life I absolutely love it I love it so much. I love the gym. I love the people here. I love coaching them, guiding them, helping them. I mean, I am I'm just, I'm fucking happy, man. I, yeah, I, I'm happy. That's something that a lot of people can't say. I'm happy, man. Honestly, like, they can't, if I, if you ask people that, are you happy? Yeah. They'll say, they'll go off on a tangent and they'll list off all the things that, you know, they, oh yeah, sure, I have a car and I have this and I have that. Yeah. That's not what I asked you. Yeah. I asked you, are you happy? Yeah. Can you say that? Yeah. With this, with your business, with after my business, yeah. It ended where you were. Yeah. To the journey that you're at now. It's interesting, like, because I don't, I didn't, or I haven't, I should say, taken a lot of time to reflect. Like we're open two well, years. Do you, want, do you want thirty seconds to reflect now? You can I think I'll take a, a, a deep breath and thirty <laughs> seconds. I had a couple of earrings there for you. Actually, there it was a token of my gratitude. We've been open for two years. We already pocketed them. Did you? Yeah. I had a feeling. I was like, he's after taking them without saying that. But there's a couple. Of, anyway, there's a little I'll token of my gratitude. As a, you know, anybody who stepped through through the doors of UCF. Do me, All do me one favor, real quick. Pull that mic up just so you're talking, talking into the front way. No, the other way. Vertically. There, that's the one. Perfect. We got it. Yeah, sorry, man. Nice one. You're good. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Was that all right? Yeah, it was just starting to slip a little bit. Yeah, no, it was good. It was just starting to slip. It's all good. But yeah, just with the carry, just as a little token of my gratitude of everybody who stepped, all the clients who got one, everybody who stepped through the through these doors. You know, I've uh, just given them a little carrying. I wanted to get them bottle openers, but they're out of stock. You know, so every time they're opening up a beer or anything like that, they see the UC (laughs) Fit logo. They're like, put this beer down. Put this beer down and book into a class. You know, but uh, you know, trolley trolley case just as effective anyway. But um, I am, I am happy when it comes to. Obviously, you get yourself down about number a number of things, but I haven't really reflected. It's I haven't taken time to reflect, mm. and just sitting here chatting with you now, chatting with you guys now, and like we've been on some journey, man. Like we've yeah. been friends a few years now. Yeah, you know our chats from from the gym to coffee works down by the weir, and all. All the ideas we have and just seeing how we about both. Ten, ten podcasts worth of stuff we talked yeah. about over the lockdown. And it gets deep. It gets <laughs> real deep, you know. But just just seeing how where we are, where we both are now, it's really special. It's, yeah. it's really great to see. It's, honestly, it's it's crazy. But yeah. I've been taking. I need to take time to reflect a bit more and a bit time a bit more time to my, to myself. But um, right, well, let's put that message out there right yeah. now because I'm the same and I'm yeah. sure you're the same as I well, am. That maybe a good bit of advice for people is to take 10 minutes now and just think about those last two years that everybody had to go through and yeah. where, where are you now? Yeah. Or maybe you've had even longer or whatever, something's just going on, but it'd be good little exercise to do, you know? Yeah. To just sit back and just check in. Yeah. I think it's important. Totally agree. Just, I think everybody should do that mm. and just take, take things slow a little now. This is rich, not rich coming from me, but I mean, I, I'm guilty of it, you know? Just mm. take time to slow down, reflect, be kind to yourself, especially after the last two years. The last two years have been crazy. I mean, it's just 
it's like that. It's just, I mean, blur. I've, it's hard to even explain it, isn't it? It's hard to even put into words. No, what, like, it, yeah. How do you even summarize it? Like, no. you can't. It's had such an impact on everybody mentally, and it's like you, 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 you see it start to come true a lot now. It's, it's had it's had such a big impact on people, and um, do you know, I mean relationships have broken down for these past couple of years with everybody yeah. you know I've, I've lost relationships I've, I've gained new ones yeah. but um, it's been it has, it's been a, it's been an interesting two years and there's no way really to perfectly or accurately summarise it because it's, yeah, it's so different for everyone yeah. learn from it like yeah when you think back and it's just absolutely crazy but you know I need to think back and look at it in a, in a positive light as well because for myself 2020 was the most growth I've experienced ever. I mean, I went from here mm-hmm. coaching for free to like within a few months open up my first business. And, yeah. you know, I don't often reflect and I've, I've created this this brand and a rebranding. I've created this brand and I've all the, these great clients and this amazing community of people and I'm, I'm getting involved with things. I'm trying to get involved in different charities. I'm going around to different companies and... A couple of coaches up here, yeah. you know, working with me now, and it's just and without that push or that sort of, you know, ultimatum. Yeah. Do I go back to nine to five or do I just push on here? Who knows where where he'd be now? You know. So and things just, you know, from that things just, you know, yourself things start to snowball and they just kind of happen mm. naturally. Then, but I was I was going to try. I was like, you know, no, I'm going back to. Uh, I'm going to go back to. I've had that thought a few times since I began in fitness mm. five years ago now I was like I can't do this do you know I can't do, do you know, this do you know what it is that keeps bringing you back that keeps going I fucking no. love it <laughs> that's why I, that's why I'm here that's it because I love it I love helping people I love as I said I love helping people coaching people guiding people having the crack with people you know I'm a people person I'm a, I'm a social guy and uh I love it. I just want to. I just want everybody to feel great, and you know, and just I, I did. I just love it. I'm passionate about it. That's all I can. That's, that's all I can say. I yeah. just I have a, a burning passion for it, and I do. I truly, truly love what I do. I know Emily said in the podcast as well. I think you were saying as well. You know, however, you know, if you, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I, I, look, I know it's cliche and stuff, but but yeah. I love. I truly, truly love what I do. Good. That's what you're going to get here. And that's what people feel every time they walk through them doors. They're going to feel the passion. They're going to feel the energy. Mm. They're going to feel the electricity. And they're going to leave feeling like, fuck, I am pumped. Deadly. I feel like a badass after <laughs> that, you know? I want to go fight people. No, don't fight people. <laughs> what, you, what you learn in the gym stays in the gym, okay? <laughs> what we learn here is kept in here, okay? But well, that might be a nice pivot time now to yeah. actually fighting. So you, yeah. your journey started. Where do we start? So John, this? not UC Fitz journey now. John's journey. Let's John go back Burns way journey. back. And how did you get into way fighting? back when? When I was a little toddler, and somebody took my lunch money. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, there's a few different like avenues. Of, like there was like how I got into fitness as a hobby, how I got into, it, and then that came became then MMA, and then. And then into my career and stuff like that. So, I guess, um, I'll just tell you how, I, I mean, I, I got into fitness first and then how that kind of transitioned into mixed martial arts. What was fitness? Just like general just gym general stuff? Just general, going to the gym, 
doing a bit of a bro workout, a few okay. curls and stuff like that, yeah, which I still that. love doing. Um, you know, just when I started back in the gym, I mean, I must start going to the gym when I was 15 or 16, just tipping away. But I was... I was I was teased quite a bit growing up. Like I wouldn't like I I was I was bullied. I was teased. You know I was always an easy target. So, you know always an easy target. None of the girls liked me. Always an easy target for the lads. And uh, had a little bit of weight. I mean a little bit of puppy fat. I guess you could say at the time. And the, my nickname is actually Pudner. Still to this day. So all the lads still call me Pud to this day. Put. Yeah, Pud. That's the name. I've been the same shoes. Yeah, the Pud there, Pud or Pud fella or whatever. So, but I used to fucking hate it, man. They used to just tease me all the time. And I, just, I don't know what it was. Why, why it was me or, you know, and then it became, it was just, it was relentless for a while. You know, and maybe I didn't think, I, I don't, maybe I didn't think too much about it at the time, but I just thought it was something that happened because it always seemed to, happened to me i didn't know any you know what i mean like i i was always kind of teased and even in school and stuff like that but um so i was like right well fuck this i'm gonna get into shape i'm not going to be called pudner anymore or whatever so just start going to the gym tipping away mm. start actually growing up as well i was still growing up and you know got into you know second into the shape start looking after myself and then they just said right we'll just call you pud now okay you're not putting her anymore, you know, but we'll call you put. So still to this day, the lads, my <laughs> 30 something year old friends ring, like, and when they call me John, they're just like, what, what you call me? You know, so I guess like okay. they're being serious with me then. It's just like, John, I was like, oh, well, what did I'm I do? I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Um, but that was one of the reasons I was like, right, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, get in shape and feel better about myself and be more appealing to the girls at the time as well. And uh, another reason as well was, Seeing the state of my, my dad's health, you know what I mean? Um, just like I used to look at my dad and I was like, I don't want to be like him when I'm his age or older. Mm. That's the truth. At that age, that's a that's a deep yeah. thought to have. Yeah. And that was another motivation of mine, mm. you know? So as well as getting in shape and stuff like that, so the bullies would leave me alone or wouldn't be teasing me as much. Um, another motivation was just yeah, seeing the state of my my dad's health, you know, and still not in great health, you know. And it's just I don't know if it's an Irish thing with Irish parents or I don't know about your parents or your parents, but so it's just like my dad. He just loves to see how far he can push it. <laughs> my dad's you know the same I mean? when it comes to the gargle. No, the exact same. No, I'll give it to him. He he doesn't drink. A lot of alcohol at all, yeah. at all. Smokes are his voice, yeah. and the dirtiest, most horrible smokes, Rotmans. Yeah. I think they're the strongest yeah. smokes out there, and the smell of them. We'd be going holidays when we were younger, and the smell <coughs> in the car just used to make you so sick all the time. I hate. It. I never smoked, never smoked, but just how he, you know, just never looked after his health. Never ate grey. The smokes, mm. never really exercised or anything like that. And then, so that was always one of my motivations. Like, I want to be fit, you know? When I'm a dad, yeah. when I'm older, Wrong. like when I'm in my 50, like, my dad only turned 60 recently, last week. And, you know, 
he looks way, way older than 60, let me tell you. Do you know? And I don't want to be like that yeah. when I'm 60. I love my dad, but I don't want to be like that when I'm 60. Do you I'm think um, our generation is more conscious of that? Or do you think it's just the yeah. circle that we hang out in seems to be more conscious of that? No, I think our generation seems to be more conscious of mm. that now. Obviously, there's a lot more influence online and stuff like that. And there's a lot more... There's a lot more information available yeah. available to people these days. Yeah. Do you know? Like, up until fucking five years ago, no one knew what calories in versus calories out was. Yeah, even. Yeah. Do you know where... Well, no one went to the gym unless yeah, they were a bodybuilder. Yeah, the importance yeah. of, of protein and, like, your micronutrients and stuff like that or just exercising for your, for your, for your general health, your physical and mental health, you know? Yeah. It was all seen as, like, a... Vanity. Vanity, exactly. It was all for mm. vanity. But I think our generation are a lot more conscious of it now. We're in a good position. I think the generation below us now, they'll be in another interesting position as, as the years go on when it comes to things like online. There's too much mm. influence online where it can become quite toxic, mm. you know? Um so that'd be interesting, but I think yeah, I think our generation's a lot more uh, health conscious now. Um, as I said, there's a lot more access to yeah. information, eating well, training. There's a lot of good things out there. There's a lot of good things people put out there um, online. There's lots of great books, lots of great podcasts. There's so much information, and uh, you know, why wouldn't you want to be fit and healthy? It feels great to feel yeah. fit and healthy. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, I can't remember where we were. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Sorry, no, so no, you're from, not. So that uh, was yeah. No, my dad. Oh, about the. Uh, so about the fitness. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the fitness the motivation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then fighting. Fighting. That happened by mistake as well. Like, like, like no, that genuinely <laughs> happened. By, that that happened well. by mistake. Fitness happened by mistake. I got go back to that. I wasn't supposed to have a career in fitness. It just happened I'll, I'll go back to that remind me i need to write things down because i forget it's like a hamster on a whale up there it's just, it <laughs> don't stop running. no it don't stop it, like, it literally doesn't stop um fighting i used to look growing up i used to love i don't know who didn't i used to love wrestling growing yeah, up, you know yeah. come on like who was your favorite stone cold stone cold yeah stone cold who the rock nah Kane, Kane, I love Kane as well. Shawn Michaels is my favourite. Shawn Michaels is my favourite. Just the charisma, the flamboyantness of him. You know, just Shawn Michaels was, you know, he was my favourite. But anyway, growing up, loved wrestling. And I wanted to be, I wanted wanted to be a wrestler. Do you know, everybody had that, oh, you'd be a wrestler and holding the belts and stuff like that, which is funny now. um, (laughs) Thinking with the fighting, and I was, you know, just holding the titles and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a wrestler. But, and that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything else, mm. but I was like, no, can't happen. Sorry, were you going to say that? No, no, no. I was like, no, can't, um, can't do that because there's no, there's no market for that. It's all big time. It's all in the States, you know? So, uh, yeah, I quickly put that, put, I was like, yeah, right, I can't do that. I better do what everyone else is doing and just, you know, I'll see what happens. I wasn't particularly... I wasn't particularly passionate about anything. Mm. I think that's maybe why I was teased a little as well. Because I just went to the beat my own drum. I wasn't particularly into anything. Didn't like football. Mm. Didn't like... Uh, my dad tried to get me to play guy and soccer. I just wasn't into it. <laughs> just like... I think they tried to get me to do something else as well. 
um, just wasn't into it. I was just into doing my own thing. I loved watching wrestling. I loved playing video games at the time. I was very good at art at the time as well. I was always drawn and stuff like that. Um, but you couldn't really have like... They were three things I really looked, but you couldn't really have a career in those things. Back, uh, back, back then, then it didn't feel like it could. You, know yeah. I mean? you can't I make exactly money off playing video games yeah. and stuff like that. You fucking can't then now, I went to my brother. <laughs> yeah, my brother worked in one of the, the biggest game companies in Ireland or in yeah. the world. And uh, yeah, he's <laughs> making serious, <laughs> serious yeah, bread. For, yeah. for, now he's a hard grafter, he doesn't just play games all day. You know, he did maybe at the start, but um, he's he's paid his dues. But he's played, he works for one of the biggest games companies in the world, like, yeah. you know. Um, so he followed his passion, but I was kind of a bit lost. I was like, Yeah, I'll just do it. Like, there was nothing that interested me in school or anything like that. And uh, you know, I used to watch a bit of uh, the old cage fighting on. Bravo. Do you remember Bravo? Yeah. I'm sure some of us remember Bravo for other reasons. But <laughs> don't <laughs> no know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So Bravo, late night. <laughs> Bravo, late night. They'd, uh, they'd have some UFC highlights on. Um, yeah, yeah, just waiting for the UFC. Yeah. Come on, yeah. I'm just waiting for the UFC. <laughs> I was, was going to watch the cage fight and it just Matt, came on. I don't know. I don't know. Five minutes. I just want to watch this fight, all right? Just don't forget to turn off the NTL box. So uh, I remember, I think I was watching, I think it was uh, T. Ortiz and Chuck Liddell at the time. Now, it wasn't that far. Like, it was one of the highlights. It was a highlight from their fight they had years ago. T. Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. Then it was BJ Penn and Matt Hughes. And I was watching that. And I I liked watching it. I was like, yeah, that looks looks pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, MMA. My friend, um, I think we were, were, uh, yeah, we were drunk one night. In uh, Weird Out by, I don't know if any of you remember Barcode. Yeah, yeah. Barcode is it? Rest in peace. Um, we were in that place every week out by Clontarf. We were in Barcode every. Bring back a bar. Bring here another thing. Bring it back. Just bring it back for one night only. <laughs> um, we used to love that place. But we were out there one night and um, we seen these two lads get into a fight. Me and my friend, and we were just kind of watching back from afar. And. We are just laughing at them. You know, we are just like, look at these two gobshites. Just absolutely swinging for the fences. <laughs> hugging each other on the ground. Rolling around. Not knowing what to do. And we were laughing. But we, I, I couldn't help but think. We, we both couldn't help but think. Oh, Jesus. If we were in that situation. It'd probably be the same. Yeah, like, what would, we, what would you do? Yeah. Like, what would you do? We wouldn't have a clue what to do. So he came back to me. And he said to me, um, a few of the lads in DCU are doing a bit of a... MMA in this club down in Drumcondra. One of them was Cottle Pendrit, um, former UFC fighter Cottle Pendrit. Uh, so he's a teammate of mine now. I still train with him to this day. Um, he was like, yeah, no, me me and or Cottle and one of the other lads go down, two lads that I study with. Would you be interested in coming down just to go to the beginner class? I said, yeah, look, I liked watching it on, on TV and stuff and, you know, I'll give it a go and here we are. No, so, uh, yeah, just gave it a go and I wasn't expecting anything from it I just I loved it I loved it I loved the the whole team aspect the community the socialness and I guess I've carried elements of that into this into mm. UC Fit and just just tough workouts just like a little sweat box just in some garage down in Drumcondra and uh just yeah, just like just having the buzz with the lads and just learning all these cool techniques and stuff like that. This is back in two thousand and eight. 
So MMA was still I was a baby, yeah. Oh, Especially in its infancy. Nobody knew nobody knew shit at the time. Nobody knew who Conor McGregor was or anything like that. And now everybody wants to be the next U- UFC fighter. Mm. But sorry. So um Tell just, me this, the, the garage you went down to is that John Kavanagh's garage that where no, he was no I was always I terrified of SBG I you, yeah. yeah I was terrified of SBG <laughs> right because then even then they were they were a name you know right. I think John was still fighting at the time actually um, but oh yeah no I was, when I heard SBG I was like like you're, right. you're, you're, you're aware you're, you're aware you're aware SBG be like fuck no <laughs> no no I'm happy here yeah. I'm happy here right. in this gym you know you can win here yeah no I'm happy here in this gym and I loved it. And then I was giving it loads one day. And my coach at the time, he came over and he goes, you're one of the hardest workers in this gym. You know, you put it in every time and you're like, a, you're a born little fighter. And like, you know, like he never wouldn't say much to me before. And he comes over and says this. And I'm like, fucking, you know, I'm bleeding. I'm just like, you know, big star. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. You know? <laughs> so, um, he goes, do you ever consider fighting? And I said, no, I didn't. But now that you've said it to me, you know, I think about it. And I got into MMA as well because obviously I wanted to learn how to defend myself. And I think in a very, like everybody should know a basic level of self-defense, especially yeah. in, in today's environment. We can go back to that. But it's very important. And um, also I wanted to just, you know, like the the bu- <laughs> the bullies just like you know I was still getting teased and all this yeah. I was like oh well I'm gonna do and it's funny even when I started MMA they were still teasing me they were like oh he's doing MMA now I think she's a big fucking cage fighter you know but um, they wouldn't say that to me now but so anyway just start tipping away at the MMA and I so went, what were you doing in the garage in the first place sorry was that just uh, it was it was it was full on MMA. Right. You know, it was full and on. Had you MMA. done any sort of martial art before? I had done this nothing before. I had done nothing before. No karate. Funny before the before I went down to my first MMA class, me and my friend we were looking to start a new hobby. Another friend of mine, and he's like, "God, oh, you want to do a bit of break dancing?" All right, and I was like, "Break dancing? Fuck it, you mad?" <laughs> so we went up and checked this place out. And uh, just like loads of lads spinning on their heads, like balancing on one finger and shit. And I was like, right. Yeah. And he's like, are you coming to do the class? And I'm like, and I was like, uh, yeah, we'll be back next time. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going back there to this breakdancing class. And then start the MMA a week later. But just wanted to do the classes, you know, learn a bit of technique, do the classes, a little bit of light contact sparring, nothing crazy. And then, um, yeah, so... I just had this idea in my head then that, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to have a fight. I'd like to show them. I'd like to prove them wrong, which isn't all, which you shouldn't be wanting to prove anybody wrong, you know, but that, that was just me at the time. I wanted to prove them wrong. I was like, no, I'll show them. I'll show these guys who tease me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll prove them wrong. So I had this idea of just fighting and um, I went away on a J1 to Chicago and uh, got chatting to... Uh, got chatting to we were, we were in this bar and like I said like the, the owner of the bar was watching uh, Chuck Liddell versus Rich Franklin you know he hadn't seen it yet we had seen it the night before he he didn't get to see it yet it was on, like he didn't get to see it he's like oh don't tell me who wins brother you know and uh, I was like yeah we were just chatting and we were kind of bonding over that and uh, 
I started telling him I was this hot shot back from Ar- <laughs> back in Ireland. I was three and I was I think I was three and I was an amateur. Like I was just made. I was three and I was an amateur. I was twenty two. I was only I think I turned nineteen at the time. And um, Tom, I was twenty two. I was three and I'm a prospect in Ireland. And uh, he was like, "Oh, sounds awesome, brother." He goes, "You know, we could uh, we could use a hand around here. You know, would you want to be a? How about you? You want to work the door? You know, like do you want to work the door?" Now, this is like a small tiki karaoke bar. There's no trouble going on here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, do you want to work the door? And I was like, yes, I'm on a J1. I'm 19. I have no like money. Flip, I blew all my money in the first week. And I was yeah. like, yeah, cool. What do I have to do? He goes, just stand there. And if that kicks off, you know, be ready. I was like, oh, shit. All right. <laughs> but uh, nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. But um, so I started training with him then. He was... Um, he he owned the bar and he he was a he had a background in jiu-jitsu he was a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and um we started training together and blah 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 and he was like you know why don't uh, we uh how about you have a fight over here do you know and i was like i want to jay one supposed to be enjoying myself and i was like Man, maybe i will he goes yeah we can get you a fight at 145 you know 145 pound now i'm i can't remember what weight it was at the time 145 to 66 kilos i think i was 75 kilos or something 74 at the time and uh we tried to do a test weight cut to 66 kilos fucked it up didn't know what i was doing and i was like no here can't do this and he goes right we'll get you a fight 155 brother cliff hagerman it's gas just thinking back now because i don't reflect on this stuff yeah, just thinking yeah, back yeah. on just some of back stories now, yeah, cliff I've, never heard, I've never heard this yeah cliff hagerman yeah i was his first student he wanted to set up his own gym uh me cliff and jp <laughs> <laughs> and he got t-shirts made <laughs> yeah, this. this is gas right so he ended up booking me a fight he got me a fight and i was like yeah i gotta kick his ass and all this blah blah, blah. so the fight was at 155 70 kilos lightweight grand made away handy um but he was like you're my first student brother and blah 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 and he goes i got t-shirts made for us and you're gonna represent my gym and blah 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 so i was a uh, hagerman mma <laughs> team wolfpack <laughs> team fucking wolfpack i think the hangover had just come out at the time <laughs> where he's like i'm a one-man wolfpack but now my wolfpack has become two and then you came along and now it's three <laughs> so i was like and he got these terrible t-shirts made you know like worse than fruit of the loom type of stuff <laughs> where a print of a wolf and blood all over it i still have the t-shirt i still wear it the odd time you know as a as a, you know homage but uh fucking hell I was supposed to be fighting this 40 year old karate dude in Chicago I was like yeah sound and then a uh, fight gets pulled 24 hours before or about 48 hours like we got your replacement brother yeah um, Jake the Great Constant his name is from uh, Bloomington uh, Bloomington Illinois I was like yeah kill cool. and I was there with all the boys the boys were drinking I was like let's Facebook this lad you know Facebook them looked at his photos and all this and we're like they were just like kind of pat me on the back they're like good, good luck, luck. <laughs> I was like oh shit you know he was uh, I think he was 5-0 and oh, had finished everybody he's like a D1 division wrestler or something I don't know if he was, he was, he was a top level wrestler over in uh, Illinois so uh, yeah went into my first fight blind not knowing what <laughs> to expect you know what I mean and uh, yeah, as soon as he clattered me, I was like, "Oh shit, this is actually real. <laughs> this is real. Like, this is fucking real. It's not fucking wrestling." No, anyway. no, this is this is real. And um, I didn't know what to do, but I just kind of survived for 
the tree around. I took him the distance now, you know, once I got settled in and then I hit him one shot, I hit him one, one cross punch in the second round. He was kind of rushing, bull rushing me. He was rest, just wanted to wrestle me and take me now. Kind of bull rushed me. And then uh, I just hit my right hand. I was just like, fuck, I don't, just like, just hit my right hand, see what happens. Stumbled him and he starts doing the fucking chicken dance. His <laughs> legs start going out from underneath him and he falls to the ground and I was like, well, actually, you can see I'm standing there and I'm like, I like, fucking get him John get him <laughs> <laughs> I just ran over pound like, but I, I was in too close like see it's all about distance management as well I was in too close and I went in too close and I rushed uh, I then rushed it too quickly and he was able to just grab my legs and pin me in. down you know and uh, yeah, he just pinned me down for the rest of the fight so that was me first fight anyway but anyway fast forward and got back got, got back from America and um had a couple of fights in Ireland with, with this old gym and then uh, so the next fight I had we're actually going to try to do 66 kilos again featherweight right now fucking 66 kilos I'm 84 kilos now right and uh, the arse ways like nobody really knew how to kind of wake up properly at the time you know the SBG definitely did but they weren't telling they weren't they weren't telling right. anyone else their secrets you know mm. and um, so yeah, made 66. Jeez, probably could, like, it's it's really, it could be really, really dangerous weight mm. cutting if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I didn't. And I made 66 a few times back when I was in my early 20s. So I had, um, had a fight then in, in Dublin. First fight, in, I think it was out in Rush somewhere. The Rumble in Rush. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good crack. I beat your man with a triangle choke and then had a fight another a month later in the Helix in Dublin. Um, it didn't go my way, but I was, I was going to Australia then soon after, and I was I was in Australia for a couple of years. I'd moved to Australia, like everybody was doing at the time. Yeah. But I couldn't stop thinking about MMA. Mm. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I just thought about it every day. Thought about getting my hand raised, and you know, just being the best version of myself. And I want to find that again. I'm trying to find that again now. I'm having a battle finding that now, but. At the time, I was like, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, no, I need to, I need to make some changes. I need to make some changes when I get back. Um, I could just fell into MMA. I wasn't supposed to be a competitive thing, you know. Mm. I just kind of naturally evolved into that. And I was in Australia. I think I trained twice when I was in Australia in a couple of MMA gyms. And I think this was just before Connor got signed to the UFC. Um, was before or just after? I was like, right, when I get back to Ireland, you know, I'm just, I'm going to give it a good shot. You know, I'm going to give it a good shot. And, you know, if you want to join, I was like, I have to join SPG. I, have, I used to be terrified of SPG. As I said to you, when people are going out there sparring, I was like, oh, no, no. Like, you know, just this, because. Just it's a the legend of it. like Yeah, they're, and they're the best of the best. You know, mm. they are the best of the best. And still to this day, SPG, it's, it's the best of the best, you know. It's fighters from all over the world that travel to that gym to train there, you know. Mm. Um, so I said I have to join SPG, and I came back and I joined SPG. I remember seeing John on the first day, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, yes, you know, whatever." He gets loads of people coming in. This is when I was in the old gym. They didn't have they didn't have a big um, you know, they didn't have the the big facility like they have now. This was uh, back in the Long Mile Road. So, just kind of, but it was it was great. It was a broken down building, but you know, that's where some of the best days were. 
training in uh, in Longwood. Mm. Some of the hard, you know, like it's they they were the days, you know, the hard gritty Green, days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when everybody was like coming up, you know, yeah. everybody was coming up together at the same time. Then now, not me. I was only I was only an amateur, but I mean the likes of. Uh, Conor McGregor, Artem, Chris Fields, Cottle, Ash Daly, Paddy Houlihan, I mean, Owen Roddy, just a murderer's row of people, do you know? <laughs> and you'd be fucking scared going down, you know? And, um, but I was being like, I was, I was like, I was still, even though I joined up and I had given them my, my money or whatever, I'd go once a week or I might go once every two weeks and I'd be patting myself on the back and I was like oh yeah well done you went there. I was just I was still afraid I don't know yeah. what it was. I was I was just afraid and uh, it was a couple of years until I got my debut fight for SBG um, it was a couple of years and I remember I got me my debut fight and you know my coach Chris Fields at the time he, he, he looked after a lot of the amateur MMA guys at the time mm. and then you graduate from like you go from his amateur MMA class into the pro team classes, which is a mix of higher level amateurs and professionals, and that be coached by John every day. <clears throat> and um, yeah, what I was going to say? Yeah, I got my debut fight, but I remember <laughs> any time John was around, I was just so John just has this presence about him. You know, he's a great guy, great coach, phenomenal coach. But I was, you know, just. He just, he's just as present, you know, it almost throws you off. I remember right. he was throwing, he was having a look at me one day, sparring. He goes, yeah, yeah, send him down. We'll have a look at him spar. So it was me and this other dude in the cage sparring. And it may as well have been a fight. Felt like a fight. John's there looking and I was like, oh, I better, I better impress, you know. Mm. I was so out of shape. Now, we did great in the spar. Won the spar. But I mean, I mean, I was so out of shape. And, uh, yeah, he goes, oh, look, he's a lot of potential. Just tell him to, you know, get his weight under control, get fit, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and have another look at him. We'll get an amateur fight or something like that under mm-hmm. SPG. You know, because you, you can't just come in and expect to fight in SPG. You have to, you know, you have to prove yourself. I was coming in, I had, I think, yeah. I had three fights already, and I was like... Once or two, one or two sessions a week is not going to cut. Yeah, as well. And I was, I, was lying, I was lying to myself. I was lying yeah. to myself. And, you know, I was almost coming in and saying, oh, yeah, I want, I want to fight straight away. They're like, yeah, well, you know, you got to prove your prove yourself here you yeah. know so it took me two years before I got my, my first fight with SBG and um, yeah my debut fight I remember gee I was so nerves nerves is always something I think everybody deals with nerves in, in some capacity mm. and that's good you know you, you gotta be nervous you gotta be nervous about things in life if it's if it makes you nervous or something like that it's probably worth doing do you know so I tried to remember that, but at the time I was in my bank job at the time, and I was just right. I was just focusing on this fight, getting ready for this fight, and I was like, I just, I just, I wrote down like a mantra. You know, you're. I can probably recite it now, which is like, you know, you're technical and fluid. You're strong and smart. You're calm and fit. You're ready to keep going. You can do ten rounds, no problem. You're motivated and hungry. This is all word for word. And then I would also describe, because I had a few fights before, I would describe what it would exactly be like on fight day. So fight day would come and I'd repeat, I, I repeated this every day for about, in the lead up to the fight, eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever it was at the time, eight weeks, ten weeks, I'd repeat it every day and I'd be like, um, you know, visualize arriving to the arena, you know, you're attending the fighters meeting, your opponent sizing you up, um, 
getting a bit anxious now and you know, imagine you know visualize getting geared up wrapped up warming up grappling hitting the pads you're sweating now the runner comes in he says john you're on a five minutes and um you know your heart's really racing now runner comes in says right it's time to go everybody's clapping let's go get it let's go get it you're in the hold and pain waiting to come out and then your music hits you know james round the boss <laughs> and um you just come out and you know, visualize getting the Vaseline put on your face, the ref checking for a cup and a mouthpiece, and then he's just like, right, up the stairs you go. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, anybody who steps in that cage, anybody who steps in the ring or the cage, I mean, or it's just something challenging like that. I mean, nothing but respect. I mean, it's, you have all these armchair warriors or keyboard warriors, you know commenting on the UFC or fights at the weekend is like oh you should have slipped that job yeah I would have put him down like, you don't know shit you don't know shit like look I understand people have a basic like you know they might be fans or whatever but there's a lot of haters out there and people cry, uh, people critiquing uh, that have no place yeah. to critique you know what I mean step step in our shoes or step into step into the ring or the cage or whatever it may be and then you can talk yeah. you can be a fan and cool and enjoy it, but don't disrespect people don't be giving people heat online you see a lot of that now in today's in today's environment as well online with social media and stuff like that and it's sad you know and mm-hmm. that can really get to a lot of people you know it can really you don't know what so, you don't yeah. know what people are going through mm-hmm. so always be kind and um, you know just don't don't sorry going off on a bit of a tangent but you know, be, be kind to people because, as I said, unless you step in there, yeah, you like I respect anybody who steps for into ring cage or anything like that. So yeah, I would repeat that every day for months. Visualizing, visualizing was a big thing for me. Well, there's studies on that. Yeah, they did it with like sprinters, I think. Yeah, they, no, they got like say half them to visualize weeks and weeks out of yeah, right. What's the race gonna feel like? as you said driving to the arena yep. lacing up your shoes yeah. getting to the blocks even uh, I'm reading a book at the minute Ray Goggins and he's uh, an ex Ray Goggins is yeah. a great man he's yeah. a friend of mine is he? yeah no yeah, way. yeah. He, he talks about visualising when he's uh, he used to do competitions within the, the Rangers or within the army and um, he'd visualise constantly everything he did every step he'd do in, in the competition for shooting and stuff and he was just going on about how the visualisation Helped them become like yeah. top top class. Like, yeah, yeah no, I was just thinking about that there. Yeah, we no, Ray, Ray, just on that as well. Little uh, Ray is Ray's unreal. Too many good things to say about. I, I met Ray last year through um, through a friend of mine. We were introduced and we just hit it off. I mean, he didn't he didn't need to meet me. I had a fight coming up, or I might have been after this fight, and just like he's a he's a he's a lot going on. He's a busy man. Yeah. Met me for coffee. I mean. Had a coffee, had a went for a walk. Right? It was about a good two hours, and we've met up numerous times since. And we're looking to do something together now soon. But um, well, tell, him I'm, really, tell him I'm enjoying his yeah, book no, anyway. Like, let him know. He's, he's a, he, like he's an incredible guy, and like really respect all he has get done as well. But, yeah, but he yeah, 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 yeah exactly, me in, yeah. Like, you know, but he really helped me as well in the time. And he was like, and he's just straight to it. He's like, "Have you done this? Have you done that? Well, what haven't you? What, what what's stopping you? What's the barriers there? Like yeah. you know, and uh, just really helped me like break things down and go about things properly mm-hmm. like, alright yeah all right. I guess I guess I will do that but uh, shout out to Ray anyway if he yeah. listens to this which I'm yeah, sure yeah. shout out Ray so um, yeah but when the fight came around then, so going into the visualisation thing and even even manifesting stuff and 
I, w- I would visualize it all the time and then you know you touch gloves and like I, I, I was like you touch gloves you take a step back and the contest begins then I would take about 15 to 20 minutes and I'd, I'd meditate and I'd just listen to some uh, whatever frequency type of music in the background and just try and focus on my breathing and I'd be landing just slow motion landing the shots whatever it is imagine taking him taking me down getting back up straight away as soon as my ass hits the ground I'm back up as soon as he tries to attempt to submit me no not happening do you know what I mean I'm just going to be in your face the whole time and then when the fight came around like I know I'm going on about this one but this is important because this this is I still think not one of my this is one of my most clear performances that I ever had Um, it was one of my like I, I remember it so vividly and I just remember being there on the day and I was like this all feels very familiar. Even though I had been there before, I had three fights before, but I wasn't, I wasn't practicing vi- visualization or manifesting or anything like that. I wasn't working on my mind. I wasn't working on the, the, the mental side of things. I wasn't working on the mind. But when this fight came around, everything felt very familiar. I was like, yeah, I'm putting on the gloves, putting on the shorts, starting to warm up. Yeah, yeah. The runner's about to come in now and tell me that I have to walk. Yeah. And everything just felt very very familiar and I said to myself this is either going to go really good or it's not going to or it's not going to go so good so but I'm just going to embrace every minute of it and I remember it so well because it's probably the one fight that I embraced the most just every moment of it I was coming out I was dancing giving it loads and just yeah just went for this dude and just just dominate him for three rounds and you know, I could see him break. I could see him break. And then I remember he just took a back step and he was walking backwards. I just walked towards him. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. And uh, yeah, so that was my, my first fight for SPG. And then the fight came quick and sudden after that then for a few years. And again, it just, it just, it was just happened. I was like, yeah, yeah do you want to fight? Actually flowing. Yeah, do you want to fight again? Mm. Yeah, and was sure. this all as amateur then for the, for the next this couple is of amateur. years? Amateur at the time in, in Ireland, um, there's a bit of a, like, there's a few things that happened over the years um, in MMA in Ireland. Mm. It, it, MMA in Ireland has had, has had a very tough time. Um, you know, the media and the news and the press and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was an unfortunate accident at an MMA show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it resulted in someone... The Portuguese lad. Yeah, it? it resulted yeah. in someone passing away. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the, the fight show or anything like that, but it's, that can quickly get pinned, of you course, know? Of yeah. And, of course, it just sheds this this bad light. So there was whole, lots of different rule changes and stuff like that, and you had to, um, for example, you know, normally you weigh in the day before. <laughs> and then, you know, like with, with these new rule changes, like you had to wear... A particular type of shin guard or you, you could only weigh in the same day um and you had to be within a certain certain percentage of your your weight um and there's just lots of rule changes and all that so my career i've had i had a like amateur at the time when i started was more like semi semi-professional yeah. wouldn't call it at the time so or i think it's called like elite elite now elite amateur something like that you know so i had a lot of uh, a lot of those fights the semi-professional fights back in the day and then but I also had a lot of the new rule ones as well right. so I fluctuated between lots of weight classes but yeah the fights just started to come 
quick and fast then um and i was just going with it i was just loving it it gave me something to focus on because i fucking hated my job i did i hated it i hate i was still in financial service at the time i hated it so mma mixed martial arts and my self-defense training and all that gave me an outlet to just gave me an outlet to to focus and to to be me i felt like i feel like me when i'm there. i feel like this is me yeah. you know i feel like that is me when i'm there i can feel like i can just be free and and do my thing and you know mm. <clears throat> get on with everybody there and just a common bond and we all have this you know we're all on the same wavelength and it's a beautiful thing but the fight started coming quick then and i was i went on a unbeat i was went eight eight wins in a row and um and uh like because with mma as well it's not like say amateur boxing or whatever and i'm like you can jump in every week or something you know you'd have a fight and you'd you'd wait again for at the time it was like you know you wouldn't get a fight then for another two or three months you know mm-hmm. like saturday night fight you know fight night so but the fights were coming quick then um just start racking them up and i didn't think too much about it i just didn't i was starting to get a couple of wins i got a couple of wins a couple of solid wins against some solid opposition and i was like do you know what i always said do you know what I'll see what I can do. I was like, you know what, start MMA. I'll I'll show the I'll show them bullies not to mm-hmm. mess with me. Do you know what I mean? That I yeah. can handle myself. And then it just progressed into Oh, do you wanna have a fight? And I was like, Oh, I'll have a fight. And I was like, Yeah, that'd be cool, I'll have a fight. Then I had a, a couple of good performances and I was like, Alright. You know what, maybe I can win an amateur title. Mm. Winning an amateur title at the time was a big deal. Yeah. Um it still is like oh, yeah. anybody who wins an amateur title, even the even the guys these I say to the, the students that I coach, I mean or any competition they enter, or anything like that, you know, there are significant milestones in, in your career, even if you don't pursue it as a career, you know, you should be proud yeah. of yourself, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. and any, anybody who goes out of the way to accomplish a goal, or, you know, they do a competition, or whatever, they challenge themselves in, in some way, they should be proud of themselves, because, you know, that means a lot to you, and that's a milestone for you, and you, you can look back on that, and be proud of that, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, I said, you know what, maybe I can win an amateur title, you know, maybe I can do that. If I can just win an amateur title, I'll be happy. Here we are, six titles six later. <laughs> you know, um, the belt collector. But I was like, yeah, no, I'll win. I'll, 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 if I can win an amateur title, that'd be sad. So then that fight came up. Still, probably my toughest fight to this. And all my mates, I was packed. It was. It was, it was such a great night. But it was one of those fights where I had to come back from adversity as well. You know, I mean all the voices started coming to my head during the fight I was like I can't win this I can't do this I can't do this I'm being beaten here hmm. pillar to post two rounds down and uh, that yeah. has to be fucking one of the hardest moments yeah well you can see I think there's a video on my, my Instagram but I have my arms draped over the cage and I'm just looking down on the floor breathing heavy and I'm like what the fuck do I, what 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 do we do here? Do you know? So um, how do you get just, out of? Sorry, no. Is this your first uh, this is amateur like, title fight? This is my first amateur title fight. Okay, sorry, my first yeah. amateur title fight, and um, it was a big show as well, a great show, very well known show, and um, yeah. So this is my first. This was for the lightweight title, so. Uh, you're under the cosh how do you how do you yeah. drag yourself out of pits so and after how the first do I get rounds? through this the first round was close enough then he just dominated me in the second round 
and, and anyway, I was just thinking, like, you can see just the, the, the look of, not that it's just like, right, I gotta get, I gotta grit through this, you know, I gotta, I'll get through this somehow. And uh, that's what I've always said. What I lack, what I lack, what I lack in skill and talent, you know, I make up for in heart and grit, you know, because I'll just, I won't, I won't stop. I said, like, you're gonna have to put me down. Hmm. You're like, you'll have to put me down to stop me. So, you know, I won't quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're only gonna beat me if you submit me, you catch me with a submission, or you put me down. And I've been put down on my ass a few times, you know, but I never quit. So, but even still, you know, you have all these thoughts racing through your head, all these thoughts racing. Through. All your friends are here, your, you know, your partners here, your family's here, and you don't want to let these people down. They knew how much it means to me winning this first title, and um, and then yeah, went out into the third round and. Uh, I stuffed, he tried to, uh, I was hitting him with a few shots, lighting him up on the feet. I was like, this look, the tide's starting to turn. He was tired. I was like, the tide might be starting to turn. But I was still losing. I was still losing. He tried to take me down, stuffed the takedown. So, like, I I would have sprawled. He tried to take me down. I sprawled, you know, which is a takedown defense. And then I ended up on top of him. And I was just, had him in side control then. I was just breathing. I was like, if I can just hold him here for the next two minutes, I might win a split decision. So, um, Anyway, and John was in my corner as well, and he seen that I was afraid to, you know, move into, advance into a better position in case, you know, he escapes or whatever. So, anyway, he was, I was right in the corner, right in front of John, and he was just like, so I moved into mount then. So I was in mount, and, and then <coughs> in mount, when somebody's on top of you, generally people will give you their back then. So he showed his back to me, and, um, and I was like, right, I'll try and get the choke and fucking... My other coach there as well, Chris, they were like, go for this chick choke, go for the choke. And then they're like, no, fuck the choke, just go for it. <laughs> so um, I just start, I mean, raining down the shots, ground and pound. And yeah, won my first amateur title and the place just erupted. It was well, great. And it was it was so, I was so, to me, that was, that was everything. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like, that's what I'm saying. Everybody should be proud of like what they do. If they, you know, if they get involved or something, you should be proud of what you do if you're, you know, if you're competing, or as I said, you get involved in the competition. Be proud of what be proud of what you do, and, and celebrate your wins and your accomplishments and stuff like that. And I remember, I gave my my first interview backstage, and I was talking about my goal board and stuff like that. And how that was on my goal board and stuff. And um, so, yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. And then look, the fights just kept coming. After that, I started to get fight offers in the UK and stuff, and blah blah blah. I was getting I was winning over there. I'd win a few more. I'd come back to Ireland and I'd win a couple of more titles in Ireland. Um, and some and I was fighting good guys, like some of the, the best in big Ireland at the there. time. Like and some of these guys now who I have fought, they'd be signed by some pretty big organisations, the likes of Bellator and right. um, Premier Fight League. And you know, I look at them and I'm like, right, you know, not that I should be there, but like I need to. You could can be. be. Yeah, I can, can be. be. I can be, but you for, you forget that. You forget that and still can be. This is where I have problems. But anyway, yeah, the, the fights just to... I was racking them up and then I start getting complacent, you know? So I don't know if you've experienced this before, but I just started, ah, yeah, I'm going to beat this guy. Went to the European... I represented Ireland a few times in the European Championships. Went to the European Championships. Like, yeah, I'm going to get a gold medal. Definitely. Got beat. It got eliminated in the first round. I was like, well, wasn't expected. That got absolutely <laughs> tossed around the place by some Bulgarian wrestler. He went on to win the tournament two years in a row, so it took the sting out of it a little, you know. 
But um, you start getting complacent, and I was getting a bit burnt out, and then I was doing fights that um, you know, I, was, I was fighting a bit not too often, but my body was hurting. I was nursing some injuries, and my head wasn't into it at the time. I got ups and downs, and I was trying to switch career then, getting into fitness and stuff, and um, not making excuses or anything like that. Like these guys, they they fought me and they they beat me, you know. And yeah. so then I said, you know having all these wins and a couple of losses, a couple of wins here and there. And, um, yeah, and now all of a sudden, it's, 20, it's 2022. No, but I'm, I'm, I need to find that. I'm trying to search hard for that fire again. And I think it is back. When was your last fight? Last September. Last September? Yeah, yeah last September. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, no, brutal. There's no way, there's no way to sugar. Yeah. Brutal. Fighting in me is it's like I love it. I do love it, and I really feel like there's a lot left in the tank there. And I don't want to look back when I'm forty, fifty, and say, you know what? Should have done it. I could have. Yeah. I could have missed the window. Yeah, because everybody, all my teammates, believe in me. The coaches believe me. We all believe in each other. But it's something. I'm just having this block that I just don't believe enough in myself like mm-hmm. some of the guys that I have been coming up with some of the guys that I came up with I'm talking after Connor and stuff like that as I said they're signed by some of the biggest organisations in the world now Bellator UFC yeah. that night that I won my first title um, I was the co-main event and my teammate Kieran, one of my best friends in SPG um, he was the main event and he won his first he won his uh, he won the featherweight title which is a weight class so he won he won the 66 kilo belt and I won the 70 kilo belt and and uh, he's 5-0 and now in Bellator you know um, one of the biggest organisations yeah. in the world he's fighting now in three weeks time in the three arena and um, just to see like I'm, I'm so happy for these guys you know I, I look at these guys I look at the likes of Kieran and other people who I've come up with and seen how far they've come and how much they've dedicated themselves sacrifice so much through injury um, through injury setbacks you know maybe a few missed opportunities in there and like I really look up to each and every one of them and I still use that as my my fuel to mm-hmm. to keep going but I need to find that fuel where get did that come from say again you briefly said it a few minutes ago that you're kind of it's like in your head that it's something holding you back that you just don't think you're Right now, you you don't think you're able for it, but when if you really think about it, you know you probably are. Yeah. But there's something creeping in there, going, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't know. See, that's a great question, and that's bluntly, I don't know. Maybe it's this imposter syndrome thing mm-hmm. that I have. That's come up a few yeah. times on this podcast. Maybe that I just I can't do. It. Why can't I do it? You know. I remember, like, <laughs> just. Why can't you? I mean, I remember I was having that. I had a conversation with John before, and he was like, "Well, why wouldn't you be aiming for Bellator, yeah. UFC, or anything?" Like, you know, and I was just like, "It's almost like I didn't think of it like that." I was like, yeah. "Oh well, I don't know," because it came up to an interesting time as well when there wasn't a lot happening. There was no Irish fighter signed to any yeah. big organizations or anything like that, but. Yeah, maybe it's like this imposter syndrome or like... I get, I get in my head a lot. Yeah. 
but oh. I can relate to that. But do you feel like you have a lot going on here? Like, this is just me. We've yeah. never spoke before, obviously. Yeah. But do you feel like you have a lot going on here with this facility that it kind of takes from, from your, your... Yeah. It, it, it does. And it doesn't. Because the way I, I work out my own schedule in UCF, I kind of do it to benefit my training as well. well. Yeah. Um, I make sure everybody, you know, gets their sessions in. and um, But I try and work it around at times... Where I can train as well, mm-hmm. where I can go down to SPG and yeah. go to the the pro team sessions, get the rounds in, get the spars in. But um, definitely, I find definitely since I started in the fitness industry, because you're working for you know you're working for yourself, it's just another thing that you have to uh, juggle, juggle, yeah. and, and and think about and like, and I fucking don't get me wrong, I love it, mm-hmm. I love it, but it brings it stresses. You know, as I said, it's it's made some relationships, it's broken some relationships, but and it brings its stresses with it. But it's definitely pulled my focus a little more away <clears throat> from fighting. But <clears throat> again, that just comes down to management of the time and stuff like that as well. I mean, that's why I need to, um, you know, maybe get some more people up here as well, doing bits up here in UC Fit, coaching up in UC Fit. And I can focus a bit more then on yeah. the fighting side yeah. of things and giving that and doing more stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but that definitely, I find since I started in fitness, I kind of pulled my folks, as I said, because you're, you're working for yourself. When I was in the in the bank, though, when I was in the bank, I was, uh, I just, I was getting a salary. I didn't have to, I was yeah, getting yeah. paid. Yeah. I was getting paid. I was there. No matter a good job or a shit job, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because everybody was winging it, you know. I was getting, I was getting paid, and I was like, "Yeah, well." Yeah, well so like, even though you're, you're not essentially working in the middle of the day with your own business here, you are. Your your mind is on. You're yeah. trying to figure out. Okay, I have sessions to plan. I have invoices to do. I've, yeah. You know, you're not off. No. But as you said, if you looked at it, you probably could manage it. Like myself, I, yeah. I could definitely do with managing things a bit better. And yeah kind of not leaving things on the long finger, having more free time. But it's also a sign of growth as well. I mean, the more we grow, yeah, the more the more we grow in our own respective businesses, the more responsibilities mm. we're going to take on. So it becomes harder then to manage these things. Yeah. So that's why, you know, you get people to help you and stuff like that. You get other people involved in the business and stuff. So that's something I'm, I'm, I'm working with a few things now at the moment, but that's where I'm kind of getting stuck um, <laughs> lately because <clears throat> the business is grown which is great and I fucking love it but I do want to uh, get back to competitive fighting I don't know how soon because um, I need to trim down a little as well lose a bit of weight to get back to my kind of natural walk around weight and then back down to my weight class <clears throat> but there's still a lot left in in the tank there you know, as I said I don't want to look back when I'm 40, 50 years old and say you know, I could have. I just want. Yeah, there's nothing worse. No, you want to, you want to be fulfilled and satisfied, knowing that you well, gave. Well, the shot was there, and you missed yeah. it, and you purposely like sidestepped it instead of yeah doing all you could to take it. That yeah. that'd be a horrible thing. Yeah, and you want to give something, you want to do something, knowing that you give you, you've given it your best shot. Yeah, and I've missed opportunities. I've missed opportunities certainly in fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, I've missed probably the opportunity to compete on some big shows. And I mean, maybe just by 
by by a small like a small margin. I might, I might miss you know I might have missed these opportunities. It might have just happened you know where uh, you know I wasn't there for a, f- a few weeks or I wasn't training as much or something like that. And you like you know yeah. So yeah, I might have missed uh, a few opportunities, but any opportunities that come now, I'm just going to grab them. You know. So um, well, before we leave the SBG conversation, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot uh, there probably being a teammate of Conor McGregor's in SPG. Yep. Um, obviously, there's been tumultuous headlines about his behaviour outside of fighting, but um, I know I've spoken to you before about what he's like in uh, in training and in the club, so um, could you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, Conor is, honestly, he's been a great, he's always been a great teammate, Um Always been a great teammate. When he comes into the gym, you just feel everybody's game. Everybody just everybody's levels up. And not that we, we level each other up anyway. But when Connor's in, it's just like you can you can feel the shift. It's like right, you know. And it's just it's just good vibes, good buzz when he's in the gym. Um, he's always been very kind to me as well. I actually got a few sponsors from Connor a few years ago. Um, I got a few sponsors on board um, when I was winning the belts at the time and. You put up something on Instagram or whatever. Pretty cool photo, actually. And uh, he's just, he's just like it's it's weird. Like you know, people obviously there's, there's people see uh, social media and you know all the new they see his fights and the his fights in the UFC and stuff like that. And but when he's in the gym, it's just it's all business. It's just like he's just another just a part teammate. Of the team, like, no, yeah, and, and nothing, nothing changes. Like yeah. it's just just he's there on the mats. He's there. He's ready to train. He's ready. He's ready to work. Mm. And you can just feel everybody just, you know, taking it up that next level. But um, and it's when when you're, say, rolling as a team and and training as a team and sparring as a team. Um, it's not a case of Connor's number one now. It's no. a, it's it's a, does it feel like everybody's just here to train together? Everybody's there to train together. It's a yeah. real team atmosphere, right? Um, no one's better than each no, other. It's big just, not, everybody's nobody gets special treatment. We're all there on the mats, right. doing the same thing. Eleven a.m. every day. That's cool. Connor might be there. Connor might not be there. When he's there, you definitely feel, you know, the competitiveness a bit more from everybody. Especially if you're, uh, you know, if you're doing if you're doing rounds. Something's like, right, come on, let's do a round. Right, tell, a few tell times, me about yeah, that. A few times, been like, let's go. Spark them out. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, it should be me. <laughs> there's a reason he's he's there's a reason he's the best in the world, um, yeah. and he's just he's a once in a generation athlete. I mean, even for what he's done for the sport of what he's done for mixed martial arts and and self defence and all sorts of martial arts gyms around Ireland. I mean, everybody has an interest now in getting involved in some form of martial art, learning how to defend themselves or wanting to compete or something like that. And that's a, that's a massive influence. A massive influence of that is from Conor McGregor. Mm. Nobody can deny that because I was, I was, I was doing MMA before I knew who Conor McGregor was. So I've seen that, you know, and a lot of people will be able to say that. Um, so what he's done for the sport of MMA in Ireland and even in general um, around the world I mean there's there's never been so much more interest in mixed martial arts yeah, that's a fair than, point. than there is now and Connor, you know 
like it or not, he's a, he's a massive a massive factor in that, and he's yeah. a solid teammate. As I said, when he's on the mats, it's just brings out the best in everyone. And um, I've trained with Connor a few times now myself, and yeah, <laughs> it's tough. You know, he's a, he's the two he's the two time world champion now in, in two different weight classes. Yeah, um, actually trained with Connor quite a bit coming up to the Donald Cerrone fight, and. Uh, we we were doing a bit of training on the mats, and you know we had his camera crew there, and um, this guy taking photos and stuff. Which I still haven't got them photos. There's some <laughs> fucking great photos. Send me the photos, man. Just send me the photos. Yeah. Um, great round, tough. Like you know, you feel it. He's just strong as an ox, fast, mm. athletic, just a freak, you know, and. Um, I remember training specific. I remember that day we were in the clinch, so I had attempted to take him down, and he he escaped. But then we ended up in close range. We we're in the clinch. We threw a few strikes, or he threw a few strikes at me, and we ended up in in the clinch. So we we're kind of pummeling them for position, trying to take each other down. And then he starts dropping his shoulder. He starts dropping his shoulder and shouldering me, and I was like, <laughs> "What the?" F-? And it was it was hitting me like it was knocking my head right back knocking my head right back and he and we'd move around and he started doing it again and I was like fucking hell I got my but he used that and he shouldered me as he shouldered me he lifted my head back and then he was able to get a double leg takedown and take me down then at the end we were chatting he's like do you like that shoulder yeah and I was like what the fuck was that and that's never I've never felt that before like there was some power behind that he's like yeah it's nice isn't it I've been, I've been drilling that so it's a lovely one little, little sneaky shot and all you know giving it loads and um Sweat three weeks later, goes he out into the surrounding fight. Broke his eye, eh? Broke his cheek. orbital bone or his <laughs> cheekbone with them shoulders. <laughs> True, three shoulders, then big tree trunk shoulders on him. Boom! I must use them shoulders a bit more. Fucking get my shoulders there behind it. But I mean, he was just like, yeah, just clocked them. I think three times, finished them in ninety seconds. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But um, and that innovation, yeah. Uh, I'm always intrigued by that. You know, look how I yeah in, intrigued by Edo movement and stuff like I know that. I know he obviously trained with Edo yeah. So that would be how I would have paid attention to Connor. Mm. But even then, I don't. I think he'd finished with Edo at that stage, but he was still exploring and playing. Mm-hmm. I found that quite interesting. To like at that stage of the game, as you said, even you as an amateur got complacent. But yeah. this guy is still playing and exploring and yeah, and he testing still boundaries. Is. and he's still like. That's the thing with Connor. He always, like you see it over the years, even the stuff with Edo Portal, he always he enjoys his training, you know. Mm. He enjoys staying fit, healthy and in shape. Mm. He likes his fighting. That's what that's what he does. That's, yeah. you know, he's one of the goats. The media stuff is unfortunate, whether it's true or not, whether you like him or not. Yeah, well, look, you know. You can't say, I don't like Floyd Mayweather. I don't like his personality, mm. even if it is bravado. But I can't deny that he's the best boxer Mm. Ever, mm. Plus, like what fifty one and zero. One of them. One. <laughs> one, one of them. Aaron's an up, up and coming boxer. <laughs> yeah. but, that white collar events coming up. Uh. <laughs> but, but same for Conor. But you know yeah, yourself like, with all the media stuff and the, how things get spun and stuff. But there's no denying that Conor is one of the greatest yeah. MMA fighters no. one of all time. No denying. You know, no. and you can't question that for what yeah. he's done. Even like not not even like whatever about the, the the wealth he's generated, just the the eyes that he's put on the sport and in other things and other like even with um the movement stuff yeah, with, yeah. with Edo and stuff like that. Yeah. You well, know? without that, like Edo wouldn't have gotten the platform that he got. Yeah, and now 
I would I probably would have never seen it and that is a huge part of my business yeah. now so and Connor has yeah. done lots of amazing things that people don't give him credit for do you right. know what I mean people people are always quick to you know yourself mm. you know people are always quick to jump on the negative things that's just I don't know if it's human nature but it pisses me off mm. people are just quick to jump on that but yeah you know did you tell me you told me before he's quite um involved in like he knew when your fights were happening and knew yeah he doesn't miss it he doesn't miss a beat right and like it it's intimidating so like you know he does he knows he knows everything that's going on in in spg or like like you might think it or he knows what's going on with with his teammates or the fighters or something like that he keeps annoying everything you know right. he, he he's annoying everything um i remember i remember i had won my fifth title at the time and uh I was chatting to John or whatever, and by this time I went up, I left my belt downstairs, and I was getting changed, and Connor comes in with, with the, the UFC crew, and the camera crew, and a few other guys, and uh, they were all just kind of like circling where my belt was, and I had to go get my belt back, and I was like, oh fuck, like you know what I mean, I was just like, it was just like you know, you do, you, 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 get, you get intimidated a little, you know, and I was like, Oh, I just need, sorry lads, just need to get my belt there. He's like, what's the fucking crack? The belt collector, huh? What's this, your fifth one now? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, fucking unreal, man. How the fight go and this and that? And we were just chatting. He's like, yeah, yeah, deadly. Goes, we get a little snap, will we? And I was like, yeah, sound, yeah, no worries. He's, he's always been, um, always been very nice to me. And he's, he's a, he's a buzzer. He's a character, you know, and, and people True. can't deny what he's done for the sport and other things outside the sports as well. But, you know, people, mm-hmm quickly turned their heads away from that you know but he's done amazing things for uh, for the sport of MMA and in general you yeah. know well, back to you so th- thanks for, me. for sharing that but yeah no I had, to, I had to ask to fight. I'm coming back to kick ass <laughs> I'm done being the be- I'm done being the belt collector now I want to be the check collector you know I'm going to go and start dropping fools yeah <laughs> we'll be there yeah, supporting you yeah yeah um, now back to me so yeah um I've a lot left with fighting. I've a lot left to give. I look back at some of my um, my amateur fights back in I think it was 2017, and um, you know fighting. So as I said, some of the best, some of the like I was at one point I was ranked number one in UK and Ireland, and I won the most experienced fighters uh, competitors in Europe at the time. And you know you, you forget that you know mm. you forget things just happen. I start putting too much expectation on myself instead of just letting things flow. I start getting complacent. I have to win this fight. I have to do this. This is going to lead into the next thing. If I win this fight, it's going to get me a big pro contract somewhere. And I was putting too much pressure on myself instead of just feeling it. And that's resulted in some... Like, I've experienced... Like, I've been knocked on my ass. I've been knocked on my... Like, I've been TKO'd in the second round. I've been TKO'd in the first round within 10 seconds. But on the flip side... I've TKO'd people in every round I've submitted people I've gone the distance with people so I've experienced it all I've experienced a lot of wins some losses in there um, but I know I can do it it's just having that belief I remember there was one particular fight this is probably one of my favourite fights um, I was fighting on a Cage Warriors affiliate in, in Liverpool and uh, it was, it was, that's probably one of my fondest fights I was fighting this dude um, he was undefeated and I was just on a buzz because I was winning. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to fucking, let's go. And uh, found out he had more fights than he actually let on. I thought he only had a couple of fights or whatever, but he was undefeated. I think he like, whatever, 
10 fights to his name or something like that undefeated um, uh, Paddy Paddy Pimlet's younger not his actual younger brother but they're, they're, there's a spit of each other you're fighting Paddy Pimlet no they're the spit of each other the haircut and all they're, they're <laughs> teammates like they train right. for the same Paddy was in the corner that night actually and um, <clears throat> I remember going over and uh, we did the weigh in and I was just looking into his eyes and I was like he's broken he is broken and I was like they're arguing he was like fucking kill him Jack you're gonna murder him he looks like he's from a boy band so fucking man him you're gonna fucking choke him out lads like giving it loads you know and I was like no I was shitting it I was shitting I was like oh. like I was shitting but I said, yeah I may as well just enjoy it I may as well just enjoy it because there's no going back I was just looking into his eyes and I was like he is broken and I said good luck and I said good luck and shook his hand and it's funny how you pick up on things and the way you respond he goes he said oh he goes, yeah, mate, I'll see you tomorrow or something. He goes, yeah, or, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. But I could hear in his voice, his mouth was that dry. His mouth was so dry. He was so dehydrated and didn't look great. Like, you know when you do with weight cut, you're not going to look great anyway. Yeah, yeah. Some look better, fresher than others because there's a proper way of doing it. There's a scientific way of doing it, you know. And he just, I could feel it. I could see the white around his mouth and how dehydrated he was. I was like, he's fucked. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. fucked. He's not going to, he's going to be bollocks tomorrow. And then, um, yeah, that was probably one of my bigger fights was in um, some arena in Liverpool. Great setup. They did a big pre-fight interview thing, playing it on the screen, and all my mates travelled over. And uh, and uh, who, who was over there with me? And uh, John couldn't make it, actually, because he was getting, um, he was over in the Mac Mansion with Owen Roddy and McGregor, getting ready for the Nate Diaz uh, two fight so he was over in I think it was Vegas for that so I had um, I had Paddy Hillahan with me and Ash Daly and a few other guys were fighting and you know going into enemy territory I'm like you know they're all just going crazy for him and Paddy Pimblett's in his corner and fucking choke him out lads fucking do him in and all that <laughs> I was like this is gas so the fight started, and yeah, he absolutely mauled me, mauled me for the first round. But I knew I actually injured, injured my rib three weeks before that, so I couldn't do any rotational stuff. Really, I couldn't spar, I couldn't do the team sessions. The only thing I could do really was get the weight down. So I was just doing straight line stuff, be skipping, running, you know, um, treadmills or um, on the bike and stuff like that couldn't do a lot of actual sparring for the fight and my teammate Richie Smullen injured me fucking anyway yeah we were just getting into it like we got into a bit of a scramble and he injured you know none of us would go down and uh, he was fighting that night as well he made his pro debut that night and and won and uh, like I look sorry just like but look at the likes of Richie Smullen now he's had he's an amazing pro record now and he's been he's fought in the UFC he's fought in Bellator he's on the cusp of being signed by another big organisation so that's what I look like and here's me fighting alongside him that night one of my closest teammates and friends and I'm looking at him and he like people like that like inspire me to still keep going it's like no you know I look look at them and I you know I get get that fire in my belly when I look at these guys because I know these guys believe in me they believe in me it's just me that's holding that back they believe in me they're like you have it there you can have these big fights you know you're just you know, look at the way you train on the mats when you're here or whatever, or when you're consistent, you know. But um, going back to that fight that night, mauled me for the first round. And he was he had me in a choke at the end of the round. But I was just relaxed, whatever. And if you listen to the commentators back, 
I just got up straight away at the end of the round, went over to my corner. Just like cold, just just ready, just like just focusing on my breathing. And you can hear the commentators back like, look the way John Byrne got up there, the way he went over to his corner. I reckon he's going to come out with different fights in the next <laughs> round and all this. And, and I was just calm, breathing. And you know, your corner's trying to, the corner had, like they're trying to, you know, you're hearing lots of different voices and stuff like that. Just let, just let me breathe. Just let me breathe for a minute. Give me a sip of water when I need it. Then they gave me their instruction, went back out. And I was looking at him across the, the cage and he had his arms in the cage like that. Just heaving. I was like, right, he's done. But it was a title fight, so it was five rounds. So I was like, I have four more rounds to work here. I went into the second round. I did four moves. I reversed one of his one of his um, uh, one of his positions. Double leg takedown, side control, full mount, few punches. Gave me a spack, choked him out. And I was like, I actually saw if you could see him, just kind of like, just <laughs> ran to the cage, hopped the cage, like. Just gave me, everybody's going crazy and stuff like that. It was just things like that. And I remember that moment because I still, it's like I still had imposter syndrome even in that fight. I remember when the ref was raising my hand and you, you see that fight at the end and he just raised my hand and he puts a belt around me. And this is my third belt. And even still, I'm having these things and I'm just there like that and I have my eyes closed. And, and uh, I was like, wow. I actually remember standing with my hand and I said, it's only now that I'm thinking back when I'm reflecting. And I was like, He's John, you can be really good at this. You can be really good at this. You know? It's pretty cool. They were over in the Mac Mansion. They were sending me videos and stuff like that. And they are putting something up on Instagram. And, and uh, you know, like, well done to the lads fighting SPG tonight. And John, uh, JB picking up his third belt. And Connor's there holding up the tree, the three <laughs> fingers and all that. Like, you know. So that's pretty cool. Like, I've had a lot of really special moments with fighting. I've had, like, you know, I've had tough losses. I've... I've got the chance to fight in the tree arena as well. That was pretty, that was fucking cool. It was only me. Um, we were the only amateur fight on the show that night. It was an all-professional show. And they they had, um, they asked that I want to fight this guy, another highly uh, tooted prospect in, in Ireland. And we're the only amateur fight opening the show. And I think that was a testament as well to like, you know, where we were at mm-hmm. at that yeah. time. Do you know what I mean? We're the yeah. only amateur fight and it's an all-pro show. Like I've had lots of great moments with with fighting. I've had lots of great moments coaching. I've had lots of great moments in SPG and even on on the mats every day. I mean, so. But the fire is starting to um, even talking now to you guys. I'm like thinking about it. Let's go. I'm gonna ask let's you now. Let's go. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Oh shit. Um. Oh. What's What's the next step then? Like you you want to do this for real, yeah? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. I don't want to don't, don't miss the window. I don't want to look back. All right, well let's. I'm hitting the peak tell now. Everybody that's listening to this right now, what Fuck, you're gonna do next? Back. I'm coming back, baby. I'm coming for all y'all. Right? <laughs> here I'm to here you, here to here first. I'm gonna come back and you know, break next cash checks. <laughs> and just, just submit everybody, beat everybody up, and no, no. But seriously, um, without trying to cut a promo, <laughs> and no, I'm. Um, no, I'm going to get back into it. I have a lot left in the tank with fighting. Um, it's just about... Doing it. Doing it. And believing in you, yourself. Are you training every day at the minute? Out there in SVG? Or you... No. No. Um, no. And that's it. And the, 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 the main thing is to show up. Yeah. A lot of people go on about skill and talent. And this could be... Just this, this go off into another fucking thing. 
Well, you Paul know? Ryan, another professional fighter, just told us that in the last show. He said, "Great guy, just show up, just keep showing up." I I agree with Paul one hundred percent. It's just show up. You're not magically born with skills and talents. I don't believe that. You know, it's it's just showing up, putting in them hours, putting in your ten thousand hours. Yeah, train whatever it is. You're learning an instrument. How would you get better? At it? Fucking show up and do it. Yeah, you know, you want to get better at coach. You want to be one of the best coaches out there. How would you do it? You show up and put the hours in. You know, we work with all different kinds of people. You want to be whatever it is, a comedian. You come up with fucking yeah. new material. You try it out. You keep trying. You fail. You go again. You know, like like failing is good. Yeah, 100%. you know. Did you ever try? Ever fail? Yeah, good. Fail again. Fail better. Yeah. That's a, one of a, like a quote that I have at home, and I've loads quotes at home in the in the house. But yeah, try again. Fail better. People are afraid to fail mm. but you'll never grow yeah. I've failed yeah. I've failed it several times in in business and in in fighting but you just you go again you show that's what that's that's what the lads will tell you now in SPG you know and there's some there's fucking they're just <laughs> killers some of the hardest <laughs> rounds you'll ever have you know what I mean and I'm one of the hard, I know myself I'm one of the hardest rounds as well like you know they're they're hard tough rounds that would make vouch for that. that would make I asked you to show me to show me not roll with me I said John show me a few jujitsu moves here we rolled for 20 minutes and you did not stop <laughs> just relentless man I was relentless like, oh, I'm done John oh, there's 5 minutes on that clock yeah, we're still got, going yeah I remember that I remember that we got to finish out we got to finish out the clock but, but I finished it yeah exactly you finished and, and you did it and like you know you kept going and that's like oh, but there's the, there's the the you you knew where my boundaries were yeah. and I was nowhere near them. Yeah. So, no. and you would probably say that to anyone mm. that's you're sparring with and mm. they'd say the same to you but why why can't you say it to yourself and say, no, I'm I'm going all the way now. I'm going to go training at least yeah. five, four or five sessions a week and get back yeah. into this, you know? I definitely feel, um, well, that's the, that's the thing. I tell you, the rounds down in SPG, I mean, they're some of the toughest rounds you're you're ever going to get. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, people don't understand that. Like, oh yeah, like you might have had, say, like, there's one guy down there. I think he's had two or three fights or something. But he's one of the most skilled guys down there. Yeah. You know, people don't understand. Like when you're training every day, you're training to. You're just like you're almost surviving. You're going down to defend yourself every single day. There's men and women, like, you know, like, they are trying to fight you every day and trying to beat you up and trying to, you know, get positions, submit you, not knock you out, we're not stupid, you know what I mean? We train smart, but we train hard. Like, they're, you know, you're going down to defend yourself every day, survive and try and try and win these rounds every day. Like, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds in the bank, you know, mm. of, of being, us being in uncomfortable situations and learning to get out of that. But I think... I think the true mark of a, you know, I only turned professional last year and there's, I, I've missed some windows already. Like I probably should have turned professional back in, I'd say 2008, 17 or 18. But again, you know, I look like, oh, things came up in my personal life and stuff like that. You know, things do, things do happen in life and, you know, you might get a few setbacks and stuff, but you just got to get back on the horse and keep pushing forward, you know? Um, because let me tell you, even with the last two years, things have just gone so quickly. So I need to take my own advice here as well. I'm saying to people, mm-hmm. you know, don't wait another day. 
go fucking do it if there's something you enjoy or something you like or something you're even half good at pursue that and do that tip away at that try and make a little side hustle out of that or something yeah. you know and I should take my own uh, I think everyone's my, the same though. You know, everyone, take, if everyone could take their own advice yeah and I'm the same like even if, there's a lot that still I want to do with fighting that I I know I can do but there's just something just, just I don't know what it is I don't know what it is and I've talked to sports psychologists plenty of sports psychologists over the years um, and it's just it's just you just gotta go you, you gotta do it you know you just yeah. gotta and stop. You just gotta go and do yeah, it yeah you just gotta sit, stop like um, you can overthink too much the situation I'm not guilty of that my friends are telling me like, yeah. I overthink too much things sometimes to my detriment mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and like, you can imagine what that's like in fight when you're getting to fucking fight someone you know yeah. your, your, your brain doesn't know that it's going into a competitive sporting contest your brain is like literally like you're gonna do it here yeah, you're gonna yeah, fight it's fight or flight you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna do it here <laughs> but um, on that as well it's just with the training down SPG on the mats I think the true mark of a professional as well is um is how you carry yourself and how you conduct yourself, um, you know. And uh, I carry myself like a professional day in, day out when I'm down in SPG. Mm. Walk like a toe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can edit that for that. Leave that in. Yeah. <laughs> you can walk. You know, walk like a pro, talk like a pro, eat like a pro and you're training. With you. It's hard not to behave like a pro when you're training in this professional environment every mm. single day where everybody's raising each other's games every single day, do you know? Um, that environment is key. That environment, I think that's the true mark of a professional is how you train and how you conduct yourself on the mats because you've got to be smart as well. You can't go in there full tilt all the time and, you know, because... If you don't res- like, you have to respect your 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 training partners as well. You can't be always going in trying to get the better of people. Like I've I've seen this in coaching. I've seen this in training. People trying to always get the the better uh, get the better of you or something. But if you're always trying to get the, the better of somebody, you're never going to better yourself because no one will want to train with you or do business with you or whatever you know. Um, because there's a lot. There's I see it in plenty of other gyms. There's a lot of professionals good professional records and stuff like that but they are nothing but amateurish the way they train and the way they train with their teammates and stuff like that it's like they're trying to prove a point or something it's not professional that's not how you carry yourself on on the mats when you're training i think how do you balance that though because you can't uh, the environment has to be somewhat volatile that yeah. if i don't show up and match the intensity here well, you got to match the intensity, but you've got to be smart about it. Like, you know, obviously you're going and into a competitive... And is that like an, un- an unwritten rule that... It's an unwritten rule. Like, you're not going to go down and like, I'm not going to go down and like, if say you were sparring, I'm not going to go fucking try, knock you out. It's yeah. just something you don't do. Okay. But you give it, you give it to them. You know what I mean? You're going down to be competitive. You're going down to win. You're going down to survive. You're going down to win the rounds, survive the rounds, defend yourself, try out new stuff. But you're doing it. You reach a certain level when you've been doing it for so long that you can not that you can comfortably do it but but you know you know you, right, you, like a, do, do you understand yeah yeah you, you know how to different people's different people's levels and different people's abilities and yeah. stuff like that so but, you know like if i'm not kind of fighting too hard to get out of these submissions it's yeah. like, all right, he's not he's not on but it today i but, know for example like if i'm training with could be like a key for connor or peter or smullen or something like that i know i'm in for a fucking tough round here you know they're gonna bring it but i'm gonna bring it 
Mm. But we do so with a level of respect and knowledge of each other's skills and our experience. That's where our experience okay. comes through. Do you know? Yeah, I'm not going to throw a stupid, now, yeah. wild shot, head kick. Yeah, yeah. You know, stupid, wild head kick. Get, get right. your clock cleaned, you know? Okay, I get so, it. But you don't understand what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Like, you know, you have that. We were saying in those other kind of clubs where they're there's just like... clubs like I've trained in, like... They other, see a head kick, they're taking it. Oh, they're taking Like, I've trained... And these guys would be... In some other... They'd be professionals. Yeah. And... But they train like an amateur. I was with a guy there not long ago. We were doing a bit of training. We get a lot of visiting fighters from different countries and stuff like that. And he just tried to <laughs> take my kneecap out full force. Like, one of those... Um, those little John Jones style kicks to the knees, but he was going full force at it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "I've never trained with you before, do you know." And never just, you just stuff. you don't, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't do stuff like that. So I was like, "Right, now I must, uh, now I must make an example out of you." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? and teach them a lesson, kind of. That's, that's the true mark of a professional, I believe, is how you conduct yourself, how you carry yourself, and how you train on the mats and day in day out. And SBG. It's just an environment where it breeds that. It's hard not to, um, you know, behave like a professional because they're all professional fighters. Professional. I've always liked that side of it, and I think it's a shame. I always, I, I'm always uncomfortable watching the the ticket selling, you know, press conferences when they're all trash talking and stuff. I know <laughs> it's part of it, but mm. what you're describing there, you know, you come in, you keep your, it's it's your house, mm-hmm. so you treat it with respect. Mm-hmm. You leave and, your egos at the door. And, That's the sign yeah. in SPG when you get there. You leave your uh, you leave know. your egos off the mats. Leave your shoes off the mats yeah. and your egos off the mats. Yeah. Even you know? the cleaning it, like everybody takes a turn uh, cleaning the floors and That's it. all that stuff. But then, you know, that message is not brought to the, the main stage. But, you know, that's money and everybody's a different in, game. So I, I know that. Yeah. But it's just, I, it, it bothers me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, and I I completely understand that, and I can completely understand how a lot of other people will see that as well. But they don't see what goes on in the gym, mm-hmm. and everybody's just equal in the gym. You know, nobody's above anyone else. Even when the Connor's down, he's there. He's there to get stuck into the sessions, or any other professional fighters. You know, mm-hmm. so anybody these big companies now they're down. They're here to put in the work. You know, mm-hmm. and it just just creates a great training ground where everybody can learn and like I'm just like a sponge sometimes man just soaking all this information up not just from John who's obviously the head coach but other other fighters like other fighters like your team like Peter Creeley Pedro Carvalho like all these guys that I'm training with day in day out like or Keen Cowley or Lee Hammond all these guys Connor Smullen Kieran Clark there's so much yeah. knowledge there you just yeah. you're like a sponge soaking it all up and the only um, killers you just named off and I'm like fuck me oh, yeah, I man. would be terrified <laughs> she come to Bellator in a few weeks it's going to be a oh, great actually, night a, a great night going, um, who's fighting there's a lot a lot of my teammates be now name. fighting on that yeah. um, most of my teammates would be fighting on that and it's always a show it's always such a buzz but like if there's a show like that going on back in six seven years ago would barely like these events sell out yeah. all the time and it's amazing to see that for the local Irish fighters because they deserve it that is cool I think it is sold out isn't it yeah yeah sold out because these Irish fighters they deserve these local Irish fighters deserve they deserve that praise they deserve that attention they deserve that main stage as well and um, yeah and yeah I'm just I'm very I'm very proud of each and every one of them and I'm looking forward to getting back and getting stuck in we'll see what um, the body feels good body feels great obviously as I said I have to get the weight down a little and 
trim up a little so I can get down um, or trim down a little I should say to get back into my walk around weight and then back into my weight class but there's a lot I want to accomplish still with fighting it's just having that belief in yourself and just fucking doing it because there's yeah. no reason I, I can't be on them stage like I'm saying now mm-hmm. I'm, pr- I'm proud of them and I soak up knowledge from them and I'm like they're the same with me you know what yeah, I mean they, yeah. like one of the guys Kieran Clark he, he used to tell me all the time you know, he used to look up to me mm. you know when we were both coming up or we were both very similar amateur careers now he's 5-0 and in Bellator just yeah. negotiated a brand new contract and he's absolutely he's probably a few fights away from a title fight a world title fight it's crazy when yeah. you think of it like that well, only when I'm saying it out loud it's crazy when you think of it like that but um, there's no reason why I can't be there and these guys know that it's just sometimes I don't always know that and it's not about proving people wrong I said I mentioned this earlier in the podcast it's not about proving people wrong it's about proving the believers right mm-hmm. you know I like yeah. that you know like that's a good my one. teammates my friends my family yeah and ultimately myself yourself at the end of the day yeah it's very similar to something Paul said as well and he's on a similar path as well I'm, I'm very sure of it and he said the same thing he wants to he wants to make them nice for the people who believe in them the people who support them I, th- I think that's a great um, great bit of inspiration to have and, and to remember and take that with you and, and get yourself back. I think it's the most more SPG. powerful tool. It is. It definitely mm. is. Than fuck the haters. It's love, yeah. love the believers and the yeah, support. Yeah, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Then exactly. exactly. You know, even if you're getting in shape, yeah. we're getting in shape now. I'd fucking show my ex girlfriend who who boss is, or like yeah. oh, my ex boyfriend or whatever. You know, like yeah. you're doing it for the wrong reasons. 100%. Do it for you. Do it because you want to be better. Because yeah. you want to be the best version of yourself. And do it and enjoy it and love it. Don't put yourself through something that you're miserable doing. Yeah. Like we see, like, amen. Struggling. like, yeah, amen. We've seen that with coaching and stuff like that. And people doing things for the wrong reasons, you know? Do something because you enjoy it and you love it. And you're just, you're going to adhere to you're, Like, whether that's getting ready for a bodybuilding competition, a physique competition, an MMA fight, a boxing fight, or climbing a fucking. A mountain, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever it, it is, do it for the right reasons, and enjoy it. Enjoy what you do because you'll be, you, you'll just adhere to it more. And that's yeah. that's how you get results. All this bullshit online. Join my six week challenge, fucking <laughs> eight week challenge. Yeah, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna guarantee you this and guarantee you that and like all this transformation bullshit and just just no, stop. Know what you're trying to do. Stop trying to make a quick book, you know? Like, be real with your... I know we're going off and whatever, but like, be real with your message. Be real to yourself and then... You, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it gets like, you 100%. 100%. There's so much bullshit sold these yeah. days. It's ridiculous. And, and these people just fall off the wagon then and it's not... You're just... Just a machine. Just yeah. a loop. And to too many coaches, loop, exactly, you're, just, yeah. you're just a number, you know? You're yeah. a spoke on the wheel... And that's just that wheel's just going to keep on turning, you know. Uh, I've seen coaches out there, and like I've seen them in Ireland, I've seen them all over the world. They just, you know, yeah, but they don't know what they want either. They don't know mm. what they enjoy. Yeah, they think, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I think they're just lost. Yeah, or they found something that, like the nine to five. Okay, this this works and it's kind of safe, so I'm just going to keep doing this. Yeah, they when found they, someone they sailed be, into it, like. Yeah, it might be still not rubbing them the right way, but it's still too scary to go further with it. And here, it it fucking is. It it is scary to take that step and to take that jump. I completely understand that, because I was that person. But when you do take that step or take that jump, do it for the right reasons. And do it because you're 
fucking have an undenying passion for it and yeah. a love for it and that's what I have I have a love for coaching all these people here mm. and um, like I see it I, I've seen it with people and they almost try and force you know they try and force things and like I've seen lots of gyms they, they treat they just treat people as numbers ah this person leaves ah, whatever just get them just get another one back in you know they can be replaced everything's replaced I was actually told I could be replaced you know and my answer to that was, watch me. I said, I can't be replicated, mm. you know. I can't be replaced. And uh, that was another little driving factor a few years ago. And, you know, makes me grateful that I'm sitting here now in my own facility. Anyway, just that was just a, a flying thought. But people being treated as, as numbers, you know, you want to you build something. You want to build something. That's, like, that's why it's very important here at UC Fit that we have that. Mm. I really feel like I've accomplished that and continue to accomplish that. And not yeah, because I, I feel agree. like, oh, I have to build this. I didn't try to force to build a community or whatever. And I see them people, it's like, oh, they try and build this community. It just comes off fake and not real. And, you know, I'm fucking passionate about what I do. And I love what I do. And people can feel that, as I said earlier, when they come in. Yeah, that's the and difference. Yeah, and that's the difference. And people know that difference. You know yourself. Yeah. What do. you've built as well. Look at what do. you've they built over that. the last they know few what's, years. What's a front? Yeah. And we've spoken about this many times on our walks to Coffee Works, you know. Coffee period. Works are They're getting, getting plugged to fucking bits, hell. yeah. Aren't Coffee they, yeah? Works gets straight Tristan, on those. I need to get that hit me fucking up. sponsoring us. Yeah, yeah. no, I need to get, get well, plugged. We're plugging all, I have to give Goat's Gruff a plug then. That's that's my number one place Goat's to get Gruff. coffee. Yeah, yeah, I have to give them a plug, you know. They're bulking stars sponsoring me as well <laughs> if you want, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just on the walks to the coffee shop and just having these conversations, you know, it's very, it's just, the whole community thing is very important. People want to feel part of something, yeah. you know, and um, that's when you get that's what you get when you come up here to UC Fit. Because I truly can say this now, probably works the opposite way as well. Sometimes I mean, it goes against me sometimes, but I truly care about every single person that walks through that door. Mm. Now, that's all, massive. That's you know, massive. Know all their names. Obviously, like that's ma- even knowing someone's name or just you know having that chat with somebody it's a connection like that's yes. you, can, you can have your community, you can have your bleeding going out swimming or going out to whatever. But if you don't know these people and don't take the time to actually like ask them, not in a fucking stupid questions about oh how's your weekend. I mean like these kind of conversations, like kind of try and get to their philosophies. Mm. And maybe they don't have to match to yours, but at least now there's some sort of understanding of an alignment of your values versus theirs. Yeah. And either that gets highlighted as, oh, we think the same somewhat, or this is not right, so yeah. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. That's, what I think, what people want. Yeah, no, totally agree with you, totally agree with you. It's an important thing, and just even knowing these people... Um, because as I said earlier, you look, you don't know what people are going through. And just to, to be able to have a relationship, like I have a relationship with everybody who steps through that door, mm. you know. And there's been many times where I've, I've created that environment where they're they're just comfortable. They're they're able to talk to me. They can talk mm. to me about anything. Like, like I say, lads, I'm an open book. If you want to talk to me about anything training related, whatever, if you need any extra assistance, I'm here. Use me as a resource, you know. You're not just here to be coached for the hour and then you go home, you know. This is a before and after care service, you know. You can call me, text me anytime as well. And Well, I know this happened to you in 
the likes of DSC yep. where we were first and it, it probably still happens because it happens to me and at first I would question it and say oh I don't know if I should be should I be doing more to uh, am I overstepping my scope here mm. when a session goes from the warm up to maybe the first exercise and then it's a half an hour of a chat mm-hmm. and well you have to know no- to go to work then as and well. nothing gets done well yeah. Yeah. It feels like nothing gets done. Yeah. The whole session is f- fucked. Oh my God, I didn't get them to do all their sessions or all their exercises. But they needed that half an yeah. hour of... Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not a fucking therapist. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just like, they need to get it out. That's all they need sometimes. And and I don't care what... Like Some people say, that's not your job. You're overstepping. You're blurring the line. I don't care. If no. they're comfortable enough to talk to me about it and they trust me to talk about it, I am not going to tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Because... You know, there's a there's enough of people feeling insecure and yep. not having anyone to reach out to and fucking having their own problems. But if people are reaching out to me, yep. I'm not going to slap their hand away. Yeah, I'll. Okay, we're not doing deadlifts today. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about this. Yeah, we, we're going to we're going to grab a coffee. We're going to we're going to have a chat. Maybe yeah yeah. Or maybe you just tip along the session. Yeah. And you do. It doesn't have yeah. to be as intense as you planned because they need something else. Exactly. You have to know that. Exactly. And that's why I say like, even if they're not feeling. You know, say if someone are not feeling up for it, I'll have a chat with them. Well, come mm. on up, we'll do a little bit. We'll yeah, adjust yeah. some things for you or whatever. Mm. Or some people, you know, have done a, whatever, a bit of personal training and they might be up to the session. I was like, great, would you fancy a walk or whatever? And I, look, I don't care about, like, people say about, listen, your job as a coach and all this. But people have different ideas of what yeah. their job is. And I believe my job is just, not just as a coach, but to to be here for the people as well. As I said, this place... This is a safe space for people that they can yeah. come up, they can enjoy themselves, they can get fit, they can have a bit of crack with me, they can relieve a bit of stress, they can leave their worries at the door. Because ultimately I want them to come up here and have, I want to make that one hour of their day the best part of their day. And that's the, I guess the ethos I have here as well. I don't, you'll never see any challenges. Like we all have, we have, we have little in-house challenges and stuff like that, but never any just like quick sell kind of you know mm-hmm. I'll buy this four week online booty blaster program or like mm. this you know all this all this stuff I want people to come up and be like I didn't get to train today I didn't snapping you know or, yeah, or like you know, I, I, I miss training or like I'm going I'm going training I get to have the crack with John and the girls at UC Fit and the lads and you know have a bit of a chat I get to tr- throw a few weights around get to throw some digs in the bag you know relieve a bit of stress have a bit of crack. Yeah. And, you know, many times, like, I go out there, they're in the kitchen afterwards, having a cup of tea or whatever, yeah. or, or the lads are just hanging back, you know, having a chat, and I might be going for a walk. And that's, I'm so proud that I've been able to create that. That is a huge space thing to be for proud people. Of. Yeah. Massive, and, yeah. and even to justify that to anyone that's like, oh yeah, well then they're not really doing the work, are they? Well, yeah, they fucking are if they're showing up more often than they are if they do a six-week challenge yeah. and then they're fucked off yeah. until the next one, until they're going on holidays again. When yeah. I, I have them all year. Yeah. I haven't lost any away, You know, doing, again, it might be, some weeks might be on fire, some yeah. weeks might not be so much, but they're here. Yeah. All exactly. the time. I haven't lost any members. And since I've, yeah, people come and go, but they always come back. Because, um, you know, like, have, like the retention right here, because they're not, as I said before, they're not treated like a number, mm. you know? They're treated like an actual person. And they know me, and I know them, 
as I said, we have a bit of fun. Come and get a killer session in. And we've just created that atmosphere, that social atmosphere. And as I said, we do things every month. That's very important, you know. Especially coming out of, as I said earlier, coming out of lockdown. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that, but... <laughs> yeah, well done. Um, so, episode one, well, for you, episode one. For me, it's On the Archer podcast. Yes. Um, everybody knows now you're going back to the mats and you're going to going make a good shot. So, back for bills. episode... I'm tipping away, right? We'll see, we'll see for how we go. For next episode now, everyone's going to be expecting an update, man, so... I'm a world champion. Thanks um, for uh, thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Can I shake your hand? Of course you can. Thank you very much. Here we go. I don't know if we're doing that. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys.